are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news. Most times we make you laugh. Other times we go deep. And today we have a special guest for you. But first, I'm with Cosmomon09, Rachel Burt, and last but not least, our special guest, Kirsten Akuna. You're going to tell us your life story. Get ready and go. No, I'm kidding. Tell us tell us who you are, what you do, and how you're feeling lately. How I'm feeling lately. Um, I'm actually in, in kind of like high spirits. It's nice being able to like work from home. But um, to give you a little background on myself, so I'm a correspondent uh, over at Insider. I write about uh, primarily film, but a little bit of TV as well, where primarily I just write about The Walking Dead. Um, how did I end up there? Um, I wrote for TV Guide and for Time Out New York and Time mm. Out New York Kids for a little while, like over a decade ago. Um, and I had interned for both of them. I went to journalism school up in Syracuse. I originally thought that I wanted to be uh, writing for magazines. And then when everything was moving digitally, I figured that wasn't going to be the game plan. So I tried to be flexible and I had been in between a few jobs, I was looking for a steady journalism gig and, you know, right out of college, that was difficult. And uh, while I was balancing like three different jobs, two of which had nothing to do with writing at all, I uh, had heard about an internship, like a paid internship, which was nice at the time since most of these internships do not pay. Right. Uh, and it was for this like little startup called Business Insider at the time. And they were looking to grow and build out an entertainment team. And I knew one of my jobs over at TV Guide was just to maintain the press lists and to update, you know, that all the time. So I perfect knew a lot about, you know, all the different contacts to be reaching out to. Uh, so I basically just came on with one person who was uh, who had a background over at E News. Uh, it was myself and Allie Wiseman, and uh, we just started building up, you know, the entertainment team over there back in 2012. I almost left to go back to TV Guide. Uh, I did a lot of research for them. I liked doing fact checking and that sort of stuff. And then uh, I told BI I was I had an opportunity to leave, and they decided to keep me around. And I have bounced around the company from you know writing Whoa. more about uh, box office and, and Hollywood to going to at, at a time we had a a separate kind of nerdier site called Tech Insider where I oh, was yeah. handling a lot of our Comic-Con coverage, right? <laughs> and then uh, we folded that back over into, into BI and we had started Insider as an actual website uh, kicking off of, we originally launched that as a video platform uh. and we wanted that to, to then build out as a website. So now all of our entertainment coverage like really lives on Insider as of like January, February kind of. Um, so yeah, that's how I, I got to be where I am now. And right now I'm just hanging in LA and um, I guess I'm just hunkering down yeah. uh, working from home for the next month at least. How long did you say that your intern uh, that your um, tenure is going to be out there for? Uh, was it July you said? It's supposed to be through July. I'm right. figuring out right now if I'm going to stay out here longer. I haven't talked to a lot of people about that yet but um, I'm not getting to do all the things that I wanted to out here. You know obviously like I might just be holed yeah. up in this like Airbnb for a few months so um yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see. You're gonna get very familiar, e well, even more familiar than you probably already are with Zoom, I suppose. 
Yeah, uh, this was something that we actually just started using company wide like last week because we were just using Google Hangouts and mm-hmm. uh, well, we were basically just Google Hangouts. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually how we started out too. And then we realized, oh, we can't do as much as we want to do with this. Like mm-hmm. right now, if I just stop streaming or recording, I can, it produces like several audio tracks that I can use to mix with different things. And it's pretty cool. But I think more people are, are using Zoom than they ever thought they would ever have to use in their whole entire lifetime like like the doe in in new york city is using it for their um for their classrooms it's just insane it's absolutely insane it looks like it looks like actually the walking dead writers room might be using zoom (laughs) right now i was looking at one of the writers instagram feeds and their video chat looked like zoom i could be wrong but Yeah, absolutely right. So I wanted to kind of also tell everybody why I brought you on too, because I'm sitting there doing the live tweet, sitting sitting back on my chair with my little gut out and the and the phone like right on my gut, just scrolling up and scrolling. I'm like, motherfucker, she's okay. She did the research for the Japanese short swords. Okay, motherfucker, she did the translation already. Fuck, man, she's taking she's she's taking the pleasure of finding these things out for me. Um, so and no, I wasn't being cynical because I am very thankful <laughs> after like my notes now are like half of what they what they what they need to be so when i watch every single episode i just keep a running i just started a running doc at the at the top of the season where i just oh. keep all of season 10 notes in there it just is ongoing okay. um so i can oh. easily search through it and uh i i noted obviously like right away when i watch i get the episodes every wednesday usually it's mm-hmm. wednesday morning and i went in saw the characters and i noted that there were i didn't know that they were japanese originally mm-hmm. so I kind of crowdsourced over slack and I was like being careful you know of who I was reaching out to but I was like hey can anyone <laughs> let me know what this is and if you're maybe able to translate it and I right off the bat like it didn't take long at all maybe half an hour until one of my colleagues got back to me sent it to a friend uh, sent it back to me and and gave me a rough translation the interesting thing is that they told me that the characters were broken like it wasn't right. full they weren't full Japanese yeah. characters and so I took what I learned from, you know, a colleague's friend, sent it right over to AMC and I said, hey, is Angela or, or can anyone at AMC confirm this? Instead of me just saying, hey, what's the Japanese message? I said, right. hey, this is what I have. Can you confirm that that's the phrase? And um, so I was like, you know, just letting them know. I know. I know what it is. Kind of. Yeah. I yeah. know it's Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. And I and they told me they were going to look into it and they got back to me like really late Friday night eastern time like it must oh. have been 10 30 the time i didn't think i was going to hear back from them at all because usually i'll take calls on fridays up until 7 p.m sometimes for them and i just got to the point where i was like all right i don't think we're going to hear from anyone this week and that was understandable because everyone was just going on lockdown it was mm-hmm. like the real zombie apocalypse so i wasn't going to press so i so i got that the um daito and shoto thing i'm i'm just a nerd and i have read ready player one and I just uh, knew that from there. <laughs> okay. Because I was so. wondering that too, because there's a lot of character names that are named Daito. And, and so trying to search for this, like just cold was really, really difficult. Yeah. Like, Daito and Shoto are two characters in Ready Player One. And then they refer to themselves as Daisho. Oh, Big okay. little. Whenever I, I look and find something that I really like and that somebody that something that somebody else has found, I just make note of whoever I got that from at least. It's, it may not may even be a second source, but you know, I'll, I'll credit it back. And definitely when we go into the 
blogs, usually I'll I'll do an embed of the tweet. But if I can avoid doing that and bring you on instead, I'm like, here she is. I don't have to do shit. Let's keep going. I'm probably <laughs> still going to do it. But, you know, it, it's, it's just a lot better when you have the genuine article. So so I figured out, I, I just like shot in the dark. Why not invite her on? Stranger things have happened. You used to work in radio. <laughs> you used to reach out to people directly all the time. I used to work in radio and we used to, we used to just like randomly message like just artists like uh like like music artists like Coldplay mm-hmm. and and well, who the fuck were we interviewing at the time it was like big names before there were big names and then we had the Coldplay effect which is kind of apt and ironic because uh they didn't interview with us like the first time but when they started getting big we we dubbed what was called the Coldplay effect which is like they pretended <laughs> like we didn't exist so <laughs> fuck you Coldplay goodbye anyway so <laughs> that's okay at me um uh yeah should be like the running gag of the show at me that's Anyways, your tagline that's why yeah that's my tagline yeah sorry i'm, I'm trying to shield you guys um like i didn't want to just have you on to be like hey uh, can you say these things and explain how you came to those and like no, no no that's not how this works the way this works is that you have a fun time having laughs and going pretty deep into the episode and how we feel about it and what we think moves around it and so give people a different experience yeah. my stupid face <laughs> so you know i figured i i kind of am starting to have all the time in the world after the walking dead is over so uh yeah i'm kind of looking forward to it i say this every now and again by the way like rachel you've heard me say this before like i'm still not looking forward to 42 weeks of straight content because there's like a lot of graphics <laughs> editing that has to go into like the next phase or season of what comes next or um we have to change certain formatting i want to do different things develop certain packages to you know for prep i want to do giveaways so if there's no break that's it makes it so impossible i have to reach out to like graphic artists like weeks in advance like for for like fear of the walking dead season six so you know but now i'm i'm feeling a little bit more comfortable i think people are feeling a little bit more creative now that there's a little less of their day job to do unfortunately which kind of brings me to this next topic and i kind of wanted to take everybody's temperature but first before i do i wanted to alert you guys to our latest morning squaffy which was something we didn't ask you about but we did anyway uh, morning squaffy is basically a thing where you give us the topic we create a response video and and we all continue the uh, conversation in the comments and this week I just decided hey let's just talk about what we're dealing with and I called it Corona Apocalypse and I had a lot on my mind and I didn't realize how much I did and it kind of just went to stream of consciousness and <laughs> super boring and uh, and as much as I cut it up uh, it, it was generally like larger thoughts about being in this moment and hoping that we take away something positive and in spite of all the things that are going wrong even now and Rachel kind of went into her personal um, struggles at even right at the moment and the worries going into the future so I want you guys to watch that and the hook is and the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because I want um, your take I'll be posting in the next couple days and I've already posted in our Instagram stories and Facebook stories and Twitter I am sending you guys the link to be able to give us your voice messages so that we can create a follow-up video we want to hear from you we want to know what you guys are feeling thinking any stories could be funny could be tragic could even be political this is your forum you can say whatever you want whatever's on your mind and uh, we'll edit it down and we'll create a response video to our response video so figure that one out and we want to keep this conversation going um, because I know a lot of people that have a lot on their mind a lot of people that are angry a lot of people that are going stir crazy with their kids and we want to just give you a forum to be able to air that out publicly you know for our benefit no, I'm kidding we don't get any money uh, so, but for your benefit so that you guys can have an outlet I, I want to start with Rachel. Um, you you did the video with me. 
have things how are you been the last couple of days because this is like the first few days since you're you've had to close your your shop basically yeah yep I had to close down on Monday. I mean, obviously it's going to impact me in a very negative way. Um, I don't know how bad it's going to be until until I know for sure when I can open back up. I'm hoping after this big long break, um, I've been talking to my clients about it for a while now and everybody that was coming in this past week anyway says, you know, oh, thank you so much for being open. You know, everybody's closing. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm here till they tell me I can't be. And then all of a sudden I wasn't allowed to be there anymore. So we kind of knew this was coming. It didn't you know, totally come out of nowhere. But I'm hoping once all this clears up and they say, okay, everybody can resume life as normal. Um, I'm hoping once I open the shop back up, people are just going to like flood in. I'm hoping like the first month that I'm back open, I can make up for everything that I lost, hopefully. And hoping, you know, landlords, my landlord, everybody's landlord can be a little bit, um, little lenient with everything that's going on right now. I mean, there's got to be some understanding, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because if everybody's kind of suffering on the same plane like we all kind of go down i mean i'm just hoping we don't start hearing about people like losing their you know homes and stuff like that so it's i'm and that's kind of like why i wanted to keep this conversation going because i kind of wanted to keep a pulse on if that is a thing because you may or may not hear those stories in the shuffle so i kind of wanted to at least get take people's temperature like i already have personal friends who in in the well in the food service industry and you know people who bartend they're already trying to look for unemployment Mm -hmm. they're crashing wet the unemployment website they're getting hung up on on the phone call. Yeah. So, you know, I want to just keep their stories up and live and, and I want to hear from them. And, I, and I'm, I'm checking into a lot. I'm checking with you, Rachel, at least. And then I'm, I'm checking in with uh, <laughs> yeah. a couple of like singer songwriter pals that I used to, I used to, when I was doing singer songwriting in the New York City area. So I'm trying to keep in touch with them. They're doing like these really cool things where they're playing um, concerts, like, like little live stream in-home concerts with like a Venmo account <laughs> on their keyboards or their guitars oh, or something. I- and it's, and like it, it helps. It has helped. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it inspired me to like give. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah. for people, I just like, don't know who, who can afford to give though. Like I yes. would love to contribute to somebody struggling, but then at the same time I go, wait, no, that's me. Yeah. I'm that person too. Yeah. Because my wife and I, we, we are managing where, I mean, I'm getting more work than ever now. And uh, because I work, I work in it and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. she works in the DOE, but there's a catch for me as my workload starts to pile up, it's going to start dropping off severely. I've already worked. I've already like heard from people who are uh, from some of our customers who've had to lay off some of which who've had to lay off half their workforce. Mm. And some of the, some of them who, whose turnaround time is not high. So, and some people had to cut their hours to like hourly and it's, it's a really, weird and awful situation which is i mean i didn't see quite the severe cuts coming but here we are i mean nobody's making any sales boxes are still in warehouses and it depending depending on the industry firms law firms are cutting half their lawyers it's in paralegals it's a tough time so any other ways that this is affecting you kirsten um yeah i mean i i kind of just to give you both of you some context um i drove out to la with my car (laughs) cross country with my brother at the end of last year just to come out here and see how I liked it out in LA. I'm coming from New York City and and New Jersey. So I grew up in Jersey. You know, I've already been thinking that I don't think I want to drive back across the country at Mm. the end of July, beginning of August. So I'm kind of
kind of just starting to figure out a game plan for what I want to do. And honestly, I feel safest just staying where I am right now, if that's possible. So I'm, I'm going to try and figure out some sort of game plan. I feel extremely grateful to uh, work for a company that has been very proactive, where we've been working from home since, honestly, I was told on 3-6 that I could start working from home because I, um, I had gone to an event at Disneyland and I don't think anyone was then excited about me like being in the office, you know, <laughs> after going to Disneyland for something. And even <laughs> I was nervous going there. I had said to, um, I had reached out to Disneyland PR and I was like, look, I'm not looking to necessarily write anything, but I'm just wondering if you guys are taking some precautions. And I really didn't hear anything back. <laughs> didn't make me feel better about going to this press day for this for a vendor's campus. And um, so- You heard they, it like, here first. <laughs> they they gave us some, well we've written about stuff since you know and and all but um they gave us some purell that day and this was before everything you know started to, to close down so i wish that i took more of the purell but this is currently the only purell i have that my disneyland purell <laughs> so you're following those instructions to the letter it's like a pea-sized amount yeah. Basically, I'm just trying because no one has any out here. It was, um, you know, the, the last thing I did out here for us, because I, I also write about Disney. I write about um, superhero movies and stuff. So the last thing I did was go to Mulan and uh, oh, man. and see that. And that was 3-9. And I was also around a lot of people on that on that day. So I've just really been trying to, uh, you know, keep to the 14-day thing right. now since 3-9. So that's still like tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully then I'm, I'm okay. So, so I've been thinking about that, but I'm also fortunate enough to be in a position where, where I can, you know, give to some others. So I've been trying to find, uh, you know, like Feed America, uh, Broadway Cares, because I'm a big, like, I love just going to Broadway shows back home. Um, mm. And it's insane to see just all of that shut down right now. Um, right. So yeah, just trying to like give where I can, see who needs some help. But then, uh, because I know that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to just be somewhere where um, they were just kind of ahead of the game and, and they've been very on top of us just saying like, hey, if you need to take a mental break, if work is coming in slower, we get that. If you need to like have a chat with someone face to face, especially for some of us who might be living alone right now. So right. like um, yourself, I'm, like myself. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of playing it day by day right now. And honestly, I feel like I'm probably just going to stay out here longer than um, than what I imagined I would have done. And, and that's okay. Like I've been enjoying it out here, but um, you know, just staying cooped up in, in one place. I'm not going to get to do some of the things that I had planned on doing originally. Right, right. I mean, it sounds like you have like almost a tabula rasa where it's like, okay, we can go anywhere from here depending on how this goes down. What we like to do at the start of the show is to give the reins over to one person, usually the person who's been on lease. Usually the newbie. Yeah, usually the newbie. <laughs> um, and basically have you give us like your overall impression of the episode and we'll find a way to land somewhere where we, where we can just weave around the top that we want to go through. I feel like this was actually one of the toughest episodes for me to write about um, in terms of like, so I always usually put together a giant details you miss post. And I don't know if it was kind of because I was writing about a fake zombie apocalypse while I felt like I was living through a real apocalypse. Right. Or, or a lame apocalypse. Or because, 
Yeah, or because there was just so much in this episode that I had to go back to like the season premiere. I mean, the series premiere actually for oh, yeah. um, in some cases. Uh, I love. Okay, I love the introduction to the episode when right. we saw Lori holding back. I was so excited, um, especially because this is something that I, that I had pointed out. Uh, we were finally seeing the season two finale from uh, Denai Guerrero's uh, from Michonne's perspective, and that's something that we never got even though we did see a version of michonne in the season two finale that wasn't deny that right. was just some stand- she wasn't cast at the right. time so yet another thing actually- i found out that mm-hmm. night. <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> but um but that made that moment extra special getting to finally see her in that season two finale even though um at first you know first time you're watching the episode you're like oh my goodness did they bring back Lori holden and i actually stopped and paused and brought up netflix because it's the easiest way to access the other episodes right. went to the season two finale and i tried to watch them side by side on my imac and i'm like well i can tell the lighting's different and i was like but it looks exactly the same and this was you know another reason i wanted to try and, and speak with angela or someone about the episode so that was when i had found out that they had just basically brought back uh, the old footage and reshot some or they shot some new footage to look like the old scenes and then they merged them together right uh, and i thought it was pretty seamless uh, for the most part. Yeah, so fairly. my expectations were, okay, are we just going to have a, an entire what if episode? And then we're back with Virgil and Michonne and Virgil's character, I think frustrated uh, me for a bit <laughs> until we got to that montage scene. D- I will say deny, I think deny, I was just watching the episode again, right before we jumped on, on this call. Um, her expressions in this episode, she has so many great facial expressions uh, when she's like finding out. Wide gamut of, of expressions. Yes. <laughs> and just like things that you can gif and meme for <laughs> years to come. Like when she first learns that Virgil's family is dead, her look that she gives, oh, it's just priceless. <laughs> right, right. When it dawns on her that, that he's living, he's essentially living outside. Who does that? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like some shit's, this is wrong. And, I, and I'm going to stop this. Right, hold up. I'm going to stop this right now. Every expression that Denai had on her face was was basically every feeling that I had in my like body as I was watching through the episode for the first time. And and I knew that other fans were probably going to be frustrated and they were like, where is this going? And then mm-hmm. um, Virgil, I think that the most frustrating part of the episode is as uh, Denai is trying to silently kill Walker and then you have Virgil making this giant noise, like dropping stuff and, and everything in the building. And I was like, this guy just needs to go. So... <laughs> I th- and and then, it, uh, it's like the Eugene effect, though. Like, <laughs> it's everything we felt about, yeah. let's say, like a Eugene. You know, mm-hmm. like, who was who it? I think, I feel like it was somebody that was on the show. It's like, are you, like, you're still here? Or how did you make it this long? Or I can't right. remember who, who yeah. it was. But it's the way we used to feel. Like, it's like, you're still here? How, how did you? Yeah. What? How did you? What? So, yeah. But especially when we were seeing Virgil and it looked like he didn't have anyone else at that point. And you're kind of thinking, like, this guy made it 10 years into the zombie apocalypse, like, by himself? What is he doing? And I was like, right. well, I guess he's on this island by himself so okay so i think for me the episode and for other people i check in with my mom after every single episode she's a huge daryl dixon fan like every mom <laughs> and um she let me see if i can actually just read her, her yeah take, take your time she, we're recording now so we just started a family chat since you know <laughs> that's great um because we're all in quarantine yeah. and we're all in different spaces but she always gives me like her one sentence review of <laughs> really okay Walking dead 
<laughs> well, do you include that in your articles? Because I think you should. Like, I think just... I just tweet. I, I just tweet them out because I don't do reviews for every single episode. Okay. Like that's okay. just not not my mo. I'll do reviews, but it would be funny. I should just do like my mom, like unexplained uh, at the end of the article, like Mama Akuna, <laughs> and then just the line, and then no explanation. What mom says. Yeah. <laughs> mom says. Yeah. No. So my mom said at first I wasn't sure I was going to like it, but then as the show went on, I really thought it was a great episode. I even cried. Um, oh. Prob- and she said probably the same with me about the first 20 minutes I was like oh I'm not liking this episode but then it got really good the boots and Judith were amazing and then she sent some emojis like a little smiley face and a little cry face <laughs> and um, I usually use my mom as a uh, barometer for what I think like the general audience will, will take away from the episode I just feel like my mom is usually on that same level my mom never read the comics so she feels mm-hmm. very differently about the show than the way my brother and I do. Like, for instance, you know, we were so excited when Negan was coming onto the show. And then my mom, we couldn't understand for the longest time at first why so many people were upset with the season six finale, season seven entry. And then so we went to our mom and we were like, how did you feel? And she was like, I hated it. I thought it was too, you know, and all. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I got it. So I always check in with her because I feel like I'm just too ingrained in this universe where I just have such a different um, perspective of yeah. the episode. So just to kind of give you a thing though, like the way our podcast started off is um, you had Carol, which had extensive comic knowledge coming into this, like, you know, season two or three, and then, you know, rewatching, ca- getting caught up by season four. And me, I started from the beginning, just watching. I had the opportunity to read the comics, but I said, no, 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 this is good. And then I just continued watching the show. So when we met in season eight to do this podcast, I met knowing full well, I cannot read the comics now because I need to represent that part of the audience and she would just keep going i wanted to be that perspective of somebody who loves sci-fi horror um and just just really good narrative storytelling and just to judge it on the merits of that alone and i wanted her to be able to chime in from the rear and going ah well you know don't hold your hopes for that or like like everything that i thought would happen or could happen or not everything okay not everything at first we didn't want to talk about comic spoilers but eventually we kind of caved as things started to coalesce so that's that's kind of how we started out and so as we started adding more hosts um we added more voices and more perspectives like rachel's which i value very highly because you're like a raw nerve a literal raw nerve who has read the comics <laughs> so it's but you judge yeah. the show on its merits too which is interesting where do we go from here i think i said this to you earlier dave too mm-hmm. but every ever since judith had her moment with mary in the cell i feel like every episode since then has been all about what if you met the wrong people first or what right. if you met different people first and this episode fell right into that too. I mean, we basically see what would have happened if Michonne had met the wrong people first. And I think wholeheartedly that's exactly what would have happened. And that might be part, you know, why she's so scared too. It did, you know, when she tells Virgil, it showed me, it took my family from me and showed me hell because she knows that that is a completely possible outcome as well. Right. Her her alternate ending is not quite like what his is. Like if he had not locked the doors and gotten them out, that would be his heaven. Mm-hmm. And I, I said this to you when we were covering um, that very episode where Judith says this to get to Gamma to Mary. Let's just let's give her a little <laughs> respect. Um, She's Mary. <laughs> I, we I kind of backtracked and I realized, OK, 
okay, at least the second half of the season, but I think the entire season or season 10, maybe the entire series, the, sorry, the entire se- series um, kind of illustrates, okay, what if, you know, you just met the wrong people first. Like, you can go all the way back to the saviors. You just met the wrong people first and and how that looks like and how it turns out. But there's a, other, a whole other factor of this too, like, because shit does happen. And this episode is kind of an exemplary of that. Like, even though Michonne found the right people first or made the right decision first or took a chance on Andrea first when it seemed like she she was so down the hole that she wouldn't her life still had those her, like her their ups and downs everybody around them did and all those things led to different outcomes and this episode is definitely one of them like you go backtrack this entire episode if things didn't go down the way that they did as awful as they were with Virgil I'm not 100% certain she would have found the etching of uh, her and Judith on the iPhone I'm not 100% certain she would have found the boots so it, it's just one of those things that you, as much as we want to like rage and like pull out our hair which we don't have um well you don't either <laughs> if things didn't go down the way they did she would never have known that there was a possibility something that she wrote off a long time ago that rick was alive so it's a mixed bag the, the vision quest i felt like it served a few purposes and one of them i was very excited to to see on this episode for the reason that um i i think that we've that the walking dead has been trying to get across this point of what if you didn't join up with the right people for for a while and i just don't think that they've ever really they've really never sold that story to the viewers until maybe sunday's episode that they try to do it when they brought back um morales yeah uh, yeah you know and i was and i was so upset and i think a lot of people were upset and frustrated that he was only back for like one episode because they easily could have a couple went seconds and, and yeah they easily could have went and shown his entire like they could have done michonne's flashback they could have done that with him in a whole separate episode if they wanted to keep him around for a while and then they just didn't and i thought that that would have been a really interesting avenue to explore and they just didn't do it for whatever reason so i feel like oh, they did since- it ham-handedly you know like Right. Yeah. They kind of just, you know, but you could us, tell like he, they tried to do that. And, right. And just and then and then the way he went out just fell short. Yeah. There was no so conflict. I, I feel like they've always been they've been trying to tell us. And even I, I had spoken with um the actor who plays him. Juan G. Pereira. Um, Juan Gabriel Pereja. Right. Per, yeah. Uh, yeah Pereja. Yeah. Something like and, that. Yeah. And he had said to me basically the same thing about how you know sometimes people just don't view it from the other perspective of like maybe Rick everything that he's doing is not is, isn't great and I think everyone always just brings up the example of season six episode 12 which was one of the moments that they that they revisited when everyone just slaughters when Glenn and Heath you know kill some of the saviors and they're killing the saviors in their sleep um and I just don't know if anyone is ever if the walking dead has ever really gotten that point across and one of the writers Kevin um I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up his last name I think the Dybult yeah. yeah he had said to me that this is something that they always discuss in the writer's room he was was like we always kind of joke about you know oh if there is a real apocalypse make sure you don't have someone named rick in your group or, <laughs> yeah. or, or he'll probably destroy your community <laughs> you know it's it's really funny that you mentioned that like because i remember at the time like throughout season well probably season eight and even the beginning of season nine like if you haven't figured out by by like season nine that okay rick hasn't always made the best decisions like even though he has a good yeah, i mean for the most part most part he has like good intentions like his ideas sometimes are not fully formed or not carefully thought out and so they often go awry as they say so it's it's this weird thing where you know you want to be in his corner it's kind of like the way Aaron was this season like you see how he was handling Mary and you see how 
because Rachel, you and I had this in- interesting discussion about how you know is is Alden right? Is Alden is Alden and Earl Sutton right? And then because you want to be with Aaron, you kind of want to side with Aaron, but at the same time, you're like, mm, not yet, Aaron. Not and the clip was called "Not Today, Aaron." <laughs> like because it is an interesting debate. Like you know, we talk a lot about the. I think these days we do talk a lot about, and sometimes we talk in absolutes. Mm. We want a lot of things on paper, and we we dream a lot of things on paper, and we have ideals, like things we look towards, and we shoot out like talking point memos, kind of like that. You know, when we talk about certain topics of discussion, whether it's politics, whether it's larger ideas and and ideologies, but then like when it comes down to practicality, and you know, we're talking about a zombie apocalypse, it doesn't get more practical than that. Like sometimes (laughs) you just kind of have to go, well, you're talking a big game, but it's not practical, son. So that's, I mean, that's that's the name of the game. So like in somewhere in the middle like we meet you know as people like maybe we can take away something from here and, and take away something from there and meet in the middle somewhere like well maybe we can figure something out and i feel like the closest we ever got to that was season nine rick like heart in the right place did what was best for the most amount of people and that's all he had <laughs> and and even then it failed essentially i think we were all convinced that rick uh made good decisions because at the time uh it was shane making those decisions and by comparison as a foil rick yeah. seemed more same. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we, I think I think it's that, and also uh, you want to just follow the protagonist of your story, right? The, I saw the same thing happen with. Uh, I, I had this discussion with people about Breaking Bad, and I think yeah. that when we were getting to like the end around season four, season five, I remember that so many people had just binge watched the show to catch up to season four when it became <laughs> yeah. really popular, and they maybe watched it all in a few weeks, so they still had the idea of. Um, uh, Walt season one in their minds, right. right? Of him being this like good guy, and he was not a not a good guy uh, by the <laughs> end of the show. But so many people were going off on his wife Skylar and like how she was an awful human being. <laughs> and it's like, guys, like he's not good anymore. And I kind of like, and not the same with Rick exactly because Rick, as he said, with you know season nine, I think he's fine. And but I think that there's some mentality behind just fans getting behind the protagonist of a show and being very protective of them no matter what they do they just can't do any wrong and right. i kind of see that similarity between between like rick and walt to some extent yeah, yeah rick and walt people are very defensive of rick you know if you say like he's never been my favorite character and like oh my gosh if i say that to the wrong person it's like what you don't like rick i'm like i didn't say that yeah. i just <laughs> excuse me i didn't say favorite. that right <laughs> right because like, of this- if he's not if he's not the best character then you hate him like that's there's no gray area like mm-hmm. no that's not the that's not it calm down but you know what's so funny about this fandom is that you find enough people that kind of glom themselves onto a particular character who is kind of a third rail, in my opinion, or maybe that's not a right word, but, but like Shane, right? Some people are like, you know, Shane did nothing wrong or something like that. And, and like, oh, that, he did plenty you know, wrong. I, it, there are some characters that when you look back actually look not rose colored. I mean, you could look back and be like foggy about like who they exactly were like Shane. But when it comes down to it, looking back on this show and looking at some of these characters you can get a different perspective and that's very true but only to in a sense to realize how lucky it what they were to kind of get to where they got like especially with shane like i often have this debate about how if shane had survived and rick had died my my argument was always oh they would 
have never made it out of Woodbury alive because Shane would have been Shane. You know, it, it's a complex what if debate, Mirror Darkly, which is kind of like this episode a little bit. But I always have this like Woodbury probably would have looked a lot different, and the ethos of the group would have definitely been different. And who would who could tell who would have survived out of that? And I can easily tell you the answer to that, which is Laurie and Carl and nobody else. <laughs> But because that was the point, you know, Shane was only interested kind of like what we were talking about before. Like, okay, you have to kind of worry about your own orbit. You know, he was only concerned with Laurie and Carl. That was it. Rick was not even in the equation. None of them. Nobody was in the, they're only in the equation in as much as they can be helpful. Is that wrong? Do you fault him for that? I don't. At a certain point though. If that was your family, if that was you and Evelyn out there and you, you were in a group of people and it came down to you and her, if you had, if it came between her and a member of your group right. you know you would save her over anybody else yeah and it's funny that you you say that because i'm going to pivot right now uh <laughs> <laughs> because I watched I, I watched Rick giving that speech to, the, to everybody saying how he killed his best friend for you guys because of all the research we yeah, had to do for this yeah. episode and um, yeah. and then but on the heels of doing that morning squaffy and in that morning squaffy where I mentioned I just mentioned how like having that one weird discussion with my wife about a, a specific ingredient about a dish and being like bitch mm-hmm. it's the apocalypse you gonna get what you get <laughs> and like realizing the mistake I had made like like first of all it's not the apocalypse second of all like <laughs> how easily you think you think you're this but you're definitely not this when it all comes down to it and your backs against the wall you're going to be challenged and you're definitely not going to be a rick you are not going to be a rick you're going to be some version of shane perhaps a eugene you know, like some sort of mad max <laughs> rules you know like somebody's going to be doing something unsavory in a bathroom somewhere that's what i'm saying or you know be a shane like somebody's going to either go this way or they're going to go kind of that way either way i'm not sure and you're right you know like that's the thing i want to be able to say i've learned (laughs) enough but i know that i've already learned that (laughs) it's very possible that i won't be i just want to say i would love to see what if singular standalone episodes or webisodes or something of like other characters and if they had lived like going off of and i know that this is something that like kirkman has talked at least about it i think near comic-con one year in the past about writing separate what if stories maybe for for some characters and i think that that would just be so much fun to see after sunday's episode Right. Yeah. And yeah, as, it would. And by the way, as Gimple was announcing some of that stuff uh, in the either it was either the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead or you know San Diego Comic Con uh, announcements and stuff like that, there was some mention of like doing way more content beyond TV and and so and we had been talking about like okay when they found the tapes for Abe in the Dock you know in season four and we were just we kept throwing this idea around and as people were talking more shit about about what they were going to do for the Walking Dead universe we we're like. How about little one-off prequels? Maybe. Mm-hmm. And like seeing seeing um seeing that encounter between uh Abe and Eugene with uh Althea, that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How that would fit in the context of the universe. They released some of Al's tapes, but not the ones we want to see. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> right. Stop holding back. <laughs> Uh, they they made that announcement I believe it was November 4th 2018 I think it was Andy's last episode when they announced the movies um, that oh. was when I think Scott Kimple had announced like all of these other things coming to the universe as well was it, was it as early as that wow yeah I guess they would have to uh, right yeah so like one-off episodes maybe what if episodes yeah so it could go anywhere and I'm I'm so it's the thing like that nugget was one of is one of those things that they haven't talked about since which I always which is always something that like if they don't if they're not talking 
talking about it, you better keep remembering it. Because when it happens, <laughs> you're gonna lose your shit. Be like, I still remember when he said that. And people have forgotten like certain things. Like uh, people that people don't even know that like they were planning on uh, releasing the season premiere for The Walking Dead: World Beyond at the same night as the season finale of The Walking Dead. And I had to kind of remind a couple of people. I think that's why they pushed it off. They they were gonna be okay with with airing the season finale of The Walking Dead and then airing eventually World Beyond, but it, it just got away from them. Just so you know, and I, I'm sure that there are just some readers who don't know, originally tomorrow was supposed to be the embargo release date on the reviews for The Walking Dead World Beyond. I, right. I was gonna, gonna put them out. And then also um, myself and a few other people had gone down for set visits uh, for the for that show in November. And we were finally gonna be able to, to write about stuff tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were asked Monday just to hold on to all that stuff until some later date. Um, I think it has to deal with, um, I mean, my reasoning, I think it's advertising, you know, dollars. And okay. um, if they're holding up on the other shows, if they halted production on the other shows, right? Fear and then the pre-production for The Walking Dead season uh, 11, they want to make sure that they have so- that, that they have stuff for later in the year. So right. I, I mean, that was, my, that was my sense. And that makes a lot more sense than the, um, well, okay, the movies makes sense in a different way because of concession stand sales and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't actually thought of that. Like that is a good response to kind of tell people the populace. Okay, well, if if we're if we're advertising on certain products that you can't get, what's the point? So yeah, I mean, like, look, you have the Walking Dead season ten finale. That's one of their biggest. That has to be one oh, of yeah. their biggest ad sales nights, right? Typically. And, so, and why wouldn't you want to lead in the Walking Dead world beyond with the Walking Dead season ten finale? That's just like easy viewers right there um, for a show that may, like you know if you're leading in with Fear the Walking Dead or anything else like it may not get as many viewers so especially for something that's supposed to be a limited two season series so um that that just doesn't it didn't it didn't make sense to me also to just not um air the two together and i don't and i don't should we tell rachel about the other news and that was announced today yeah speaking about things etched into our minds earlier today i had heard that there was going to be something announced at some point and then (laughs) you're looking more (laughs) by the minute Uh, so um after 5 p.m. Eastern time, AMC had announced that um, basically due to the coronavirus, they did not use the coronavirus. But here's a statement that they said, current events have unfortunately made it impossible to complete post-production of The Walking Dead season 10 finale. So the current season will end with its 15th episode on April 5th. Um, They will air the Walking Dead finale uh, at some time later, no date given on the network um, as a special episode. And they released this like cool artwork of Daryl among a sea of walkers. And um, what might look like a whisperer too, by the way. Yeah, maybe behind him it does look like a whisperer over his shoulder. And, you know, some people were like, oh, is this because, you know, again, of ad dollars? I think some people were skeptical of the post-production thing that people were like, oh, isn't isn't it finished? And then Greg Nicotero, um, Nicotero, he took to Instagram and he, just to give people some context, and he, he had said post-production for those who are curious involves VFX, music, sound mixing, and sound FX. This process usually goes up to about three weeks from air date. I'm finding out about this at like the same time you guys are, and it's disappointing, but the episode will not disappoint. Be safe, everyone. And um, someone else who works on um, Aaron McLean, who actually works as a VFX supervisor on The Walking Dead, he had also uh, 
took to, to Twitter just to say something very similar to Greg about how they're working on post-production for, you know, months after filming wraps. And, right. uh, you know, so for anyone who was kind of trying to say like, oh, I don't know, I think they're just holding off on this complete episode. Like, you know, this is what Greg and other people have said. Right. As, and as the, the weeks episode. go on and it gets harder to reach that air date, you know, you kind of want to cross that finish line, but, yet, but as much as you want to, you want to release a properly finished product full with like ADR effects, um, VFX, you know, all the bells and whistles. And sometimes you have to, you're going to fall short. But I think the idea is actually a good one, though. You you sort of end the season with 15 and then have this like big, I mean, they could make a fanfare thing of it where you have the TWD special into the Walking Dead world beyond and make a night of it. And then, it, you know, A, you have a better product by the end of it. You can tighten some screws. You can polish the, uh, the studs and all that stuff. And then you can get even more advertising dollars and then jump right right back into all the other content too so yeah, it could be potentially better let's be the writers on the show but if, if if they really wanted to be smart they could just title it like the walking dead world beyond x twd or something like that like twd with twd wb twd <laughs> like some sort of weird come, special come up with the hashtag and we'll tweet it out at the, <laughs> yeah. at both amc and the skybound people who are tweeting all the time and right. it's going to be very hard latch onto it yeah exactly we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out between between all of us we'll, we'll think of something what's interesting about opening up with that scene in the beginning of the, of the episode is that it, it it's almost like as if they kind of go into it and then they pull complete they rip you right out of that scenario which of mm-hmm. course they have to do that because they're like they want to go they want to give you the what the fuck effect they, they kind of want to go what did i just watch what type of torture porn shit did i just watch is this where we're going today is this what we're going today this is not what i ordered this is not what i want i don't want andrew to die okay some people did want andrew to die at the time people get over it but when they pulled back and they finally went to the into the the vision quest which i don't know what i didn't think of it as a vision quest at the time but now we're calling it that i wasn't but, calling it that at all actually i, was I wasn't either it just the what the what if the what if scenario i, I was calling yeah. it through a mirror darkly like i was like that uh star trek enterprise episode i think the walking dead team were referring to it as like the sliding doors effect like yeah. the gwyneth paltrow film and that was what i had heard yeah <laughs> i mean there's the butterfly effect there's the you know sliding doors on the surface reactions like rachel on the surface reaction when michonne started tripping out because i can see a lot of people having mixed feelings about this like were you like what the fuck is this or were you more like okay this is kind of cool well i kind of figured something was going to happen because she passed out twice for no reason and obviously something was going on so after the weird water dripping and as soon as she bit into her apple and then woke up and the apple was gone i thought oh shit he drugged her so i was just (laughs) i was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen i didn't know what was going to happen and then all of a sudden the floor (laughs) started doing this and i'm like oh shit they're going there okay (laughs) we're doing this Everybody hang on. Hang so, on tight. Yeah, Michelle's I, going on a ride. Hang on tight. We're we're going someplace that we've never gone before. This is fun. In I, a way, I, because, I, right. I love the show. I watch a lot of TV, a lot of shows. <laughs> and this, I'll, I say it all the time. This is the only show that keeps me guessing. Like after 10 years, I still have no idea what to expect. Well, what, what did you think about that moment? That that right when things started to go down? Because you could be like, oh, this is hokey. What the fuck are you guys doing? Uh, so I'm looking at my notes uh, because I'll take notes in real time as I'm watching the episode for the oh, okay. first time. And uh, so sometimes like, and I'll, and I'll timestamp the minutes. I, I have a WTF. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, WTF was in the food. <laughs> 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 
And then you go back and when you're watching the episode for the second time, you realize, oh, he's picking those flowers and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, I got you. And then when Sadiq came back, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, because that was, I thought Avinash did such a, a great scene there. And then as soon as I realized that they were doing a what if, mm -hmm. I was just set. I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted to see because I've always, you know, as we were talking about earlier, I had wanted to see, or I wanted people to see it from the other perspective, from the other point of view, the story. Um, you know, I'm a big Lost fan and I was a big fan of when they did the episode of showing like the other 100 or whatever days on the island. And I've wanted of to the see others? that on the, the others, exactly. So <laughs> I wanted- There was a vibe of that too, by the way. Yes. Even on the yeah. island. On the island, yeah. And uh, so I was, I was all in on this. And I, something else that I had noticed upon multiple watches was, I, I don't know if you guys picked up on this too at all, but I thought that there were these little seeds planted for where her mind was going to go, like in terms of what episode she was going to revisit. So uh, there was a moment early in the episode where uh, Virgil says the word clear, which is yes. the name of episode Ooh. 312. And then- Save me some time. Mich and Mich <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Michonne revisit um, the backpack moment. And if you go back and look at Virgil, when they're walking across the island, he has a very similar backpack that he's wearing to that hitchhiker. Right. Also in that same episode. And so I thought that those were little things that maybe would have stayed subconsciously in Michonne's mind to bring her back to those moments of guilt that she had felt bad about in the past. Oh yeah, and look at the references to Orange. She's wearing kind of an orangey top. The mm -hmm. cot that they find in the room is orange mm -hmm. that they use as a shield. You'll see different scenes with like, there's a there's like an, uh, an and this is like a film thing, where you see like something orange is in the scene always. Or I don't know about always, but often. And, which, like you said, and that makes a lot more sense keying that into how that plays into her vision quest makes so much more sense now you know seeing that all over the place there's even something about Virgil's attire that kind of and I know this sounds really weird but it does kind of remind me of a cross between like Morgan and like in Sadiq even there was just Aww. something about the tones like the tones and the type of, of clothes that he was wearing that kind of reminded me about those two characters specifically I mean somebody who went mad but also somebody who and this is something that that I know I didn't notice right away until I was just doing more research but I was like oh my god I'm reading I think it was even Brand, Brandon's article on this at the time um, in episode 100 where oh Sadiq is the answer to what happened to the backpack guy like what if backpack guy survived and so it, you have to kind of go way back because I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole when I was doing yeah. research as Carl Michonne and Rick were driving away from backpack guy I think it was in season 2 near the end was it For two backpack guy yeah that's 312 that's also 312 uh, 312 okay yeah. so Carl had experienced that and then as we get into, in, into season mm -hmm. 8 they have the opportunity to repeat the whole process all over again with Sadiq and Carl's like no enough we, there's got to be something more than, than just ignoring people just just keeping it to our people you know we got we've got to reach out we got to we got to help people you know it's like mercy for the traveler like a mercy for the lost actually and so when she sees Sadiq as the first person that they see it could have easily gone the other way and it kind of almost did go the other way but it's interesting that they choose him because as a result of saving him he becomes part of the community value doctor a voice of reason for Michonne as we've, we saw throughout season 9 a little bit here and there even the 
beginning of season not uh, season 10 where like they're having these moments about talking about their kids which is also kind of her downfall as she trips and her trips balls because we lose Sadiq and there's that mm. whole thing where you see almost echoes and reflections of her with like Rick about being responsible for people dying and there's a lot going on in just this one this this beginning part you are tripping balls just as she is trying to think of all the themes this ties into and by the way that those flashes of that walker do look like Avinash right yeah that's yeah. what I was trying to figure out and you know unfortunately all I had to go off of was just an email that Angela sent me with her with some thoughts on the episode so I didn't get to ask about like specific things like that otherwise I would have went down some rabbit hole but yeah that, that's that's what I imagine that was that was supposed to be city right right the the backpack guy going right that sort of thing so mm-hmm. it, it's funny how you see both sides and they're trying to anchor you to one or the other and then all of a sudden you Michonne finds herself back in that moment of what if you found the wrong people first or you know we'll say wrong in quotes yeah. I mean do we say because I, I don't know if I agreed with other people who were who were going oh deny what was it like playing evil Michonne and I was like well from her I'm gonna go Star Wars for a minute well from her perspective they weren't evil you know so. right right but I, we've I'll, been saying that for a long time too you know if we had started this story with Negan our group would be they would be the villains especially at the time they meet too yeah. in the condition oh, that they absolutely. were in I mean Daryl blew them up with a rocket launcher I mean we've it, <laughs> From the outside, we are the bad guy. I think that, and I think that's, you know, kind of a bigger idea of going on right now, too. Everybody thinks they're the good guy. Nobody thinks they're the bad guy. Didn't Negan say that? Nobody mm, thinks yeah. they're the bad guy. They're all just trying to survive the way they know how. It does kind of bring you back to that question <laughs> that you asked me. If it came down to you, your wife, and somebody else, what would you choose? Obviously, mm-hmm. choose my wife. But, um, and I've fought that argument to the end. And in the end, but at the end of the day, like the further we go down, go down the series, you realize there's no real, there's really no right. <laughs> answer i think i have a better a better scenario for you though if it came down to your wife and another person however that other person is a doctor who could treat the rest of your group oh the trolley um the trolley problem the trolley problem yeah you know what the fucked up part is probably still choose my wife honey would (laughs) you he's just saying that because she's listening no yeah. I don't know. It, it's because it's it, it's not the whole exercise is to kind of really reveal a part of you. It's not really to kind of really choose. It's not supposed to be a Sophie's choice. It's supposed to get in your head. You know, there's no good. There's no good choice and there's, there's no, no good, bad right. choice. Honestly, right. there is no right answer, which is probably, you know, the point. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of like, well, why we do what we do is because we, we it's all about really just it's all different philo- philosophical and ethical exercises bouncing against each other and different mm-hmm. philosophers saying, no, that's the right decision. No, that's the right decision. <laughs> oh, utilitarianism. Fine. Cool. Um. <laughs> Like you said, we are seeing pops of the orange, uh, reminders of Backpack Guy, perhaps reminders of Morgan with the clear, reminders of what they've had to do in the past in terms of clearing walkers. But it does you do have to kind of see how annoyed she is in the way in, rightly so, sort of. You do have to take into account like the way she's been the last two seasons and the reveals of why that is, like in Scars, what she had to deal with in terms of Rick's loss and stuff like that. I don't think she ever really truly 100% got it back. Um, as much as there was some sort of a resolution at the end of Scars. I still don't think she was back to where the way she was in bed with Rick writing the charter, you know, a better future, you know, a better tomorrow. It's the furthest thing from her memory. So when you're when you're going down this trip and, and you go back to the beginning of the episode, you start to realize, are we looking at the Michonne, uh, current Michonne, what she would have done in that scenario now? It does kind of make you think about that because I often wonder, given what she's been through, losing Rick, um, going through that incident, 
uh, in Scars of last year. I wonder if she would make the same decision to save Andrea. And so I kind of I kind of give it to you, mm. like Michonne of today, Michonne as of the beginning of this episode. Do you think that that's what's going on in this vision that she would have made that decision with all the knowledge she had today? Mm. Had she never met Andrea in the first place? Huh. I like that thought. Really good question. Because that's by the way, because that's why that's another I, reason why you'd bring that to the yeah. at the beginning of the episode. Because that's what I thought well, was going on. Right. Well, yeah. Well, obviously we know she does. She does obviously you know rescue Andrea because we saw how that played out. But right. But Michonne now. Well, and that would be man. Gosh, find find words. <laughs> I'm I'm looking up because mm. I want to look up and revisit now having heard your interpretation of this. I want to revisit. And I asked Angela specifically like why like what is the what if sequence supposed to mean? And I I wonder now if her words ring differently because of everything that you said. So because I'm, of course she's I'm, being cryptic. Bring this. <laughs> She's she's me in right. high school, I, <laughs> right? Right, right. Um, here, hold on. I'm just gonna read read through this and see if this this helps go along with your theory at all. She said. So this is from Angela King. He said for Michonne's for Michonne's last episode, we found ourselves thinking a lot about her character and who she is at her core. She's made some hard choices along the way, but overall, her arc has bent her towards other people and mercy over pure cold pragmatism. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, I can't read. When Michonne came into the show, she was a good Samaritan. She didn't have to help Andrea, but she put herself at risk to save a stranger. But at other times, she's denied help to strangers or even attacked them. So we thought it'd be interesting to explore a parallel universe story that's taking place in her mind as her values are tested with this right. complicated character, Virgil, right? Um, right, right. And that's that, That's all that she really gave me. <laughs> so yeah. doesn't, so- doesn't help to totally answer. Probably going through what she did, you know, helped her remember who she was at, at her core too. Maybe if she hadn't gone through that when she stumbled upon those two people it may have gone differently. Had she not at the end of the episode? Her, yes. Okay. Yeah, at the very end of the episode if Michonne had not gone through mm-hmm. her vision quest she may have passed those people up oh, or boy. she may not have yeah. put her hand out and said come on let's go. So you're, I you're, agree. I think that that's I think that's an accurate read. So your, your answer right now does kind of lend credence to what I was saying though because it made me think of something completely different which was take that a little further. Let's say she meets those people. Let's say she decides not to help them and continues moving forward because, here's the thing, had Michonne not go, th- go through this whole entire experience, the whole, whole experience, not just the trip, but what happens after, yeah. she may or may not have, not have helped those people, and, she, and but it would be in the name of trying to get to Rick faster and that's not the point. The point isn't to get to Rick. The point is to remember what he represents or what he learned finally at the end of season eight, which was, you know, what she says to Virgil right at the very end is like mercy gives you something gives you brings you peace it brings you a piece of your soul it, it gives to others you know it gives people a chance mm-hmm. to to be kind of like what Negan says to be a resource but it gives something <laughs> it gives something to the world that otherwise would have been snuffed out you know there's util there's almost utilitarianism in it but it also gives you something in return and so like everything gets a return so going back to those two people she may she let's say she didn't help them and she found Rick could she say and I'm going to bring this back to a specific point, but let's say she finds Rick at the end and she had to go through all these people, like not helping these people, may, pre- probably killing a couple of other, maybe innocent, maybe not so innocent people, maybe scared people along the road who are trying to, you know, defend themselves against strange people. Kind of like my Shane thing 
early with my wife. But then, like, you get to the point where you get to Rick and it's like, hey, what did you do to get here? Not a lot of good things. Well, I don't know. But here's the point. Take it back to Carol. And so you have to realize that there's some things that you're going to do that have a cost. And, and and Rachel, I don't mean to upset you or anything like that, but like, because I know we've been <laughs> no, through this we're gonna, before. We're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> All right. Let's just, you know, roll up our sleeves now. But like the idea of, uh, f- okay, so for, first of all, fighting for the living versus fighting for the dead. But let's put that aside, you know, versus fighting, fighting for the living. But then there's like the idea of, okay, uh, you meet Henry at the pearly gates and it's like, you avenged my death, but what did you do to get there? Oh, I killed a couple of our friends you know sorry so he's like what did you do well like, let's at, be honest michonne at the end what did you do <laughs> yeah i'm just you know i'm just using aphorisms <laughs> so, so just just because i and and i may be purposely blocking something out but who, who specifically has carol gotten killed all, all i gotta say is dynamite. who specifically has carol gotten killed well if she didn't get let's say connie killed just for example oh she's raising <laughs> her hand she's raising I, her hand i was gonna say see, season three didn't she burn uh karen oh. and, and the other guy yeah oh sorry i meant karen like and now, david since the whisper oh, oh okay. everybody's everybody's no, 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 so that, on top yeah no oh mind erase mind carol has definitely <laughs> killed <laughs> definitely <laughs> killed people but but it was always yeah. necessary i mean as of recently everybody says oh carol's getting people killed with her actions but who no who has she killed it, it's complicated it's complicated when you frame it that way but it's just the idea of of the possibility of those actions when not discussed with the rest of the group or and we know why now we kind of sort of know why now because of the help that Negan and the pack that Negan and her have. It's complicated because it seems like this one has one job, this one has another job, and they're both desperate to get it done. Negan does it with a little bit more finesse, let's just say. A little, little more gracefully. Yeah. I mean, like we said, Negan Negan be Neganing. He doesn't care about, like, you know, breaking a few eggs to make an omelet. But in, in a sense, Carol has never been any, um, has been sort of different, but not that much different in the past, you know, in certain examples. But the whole point being that, like, like Daryl says, I thought we were past this shit, you know, like, so, like, you know what I mean? That sort of thing. And I only bring it up. I only bring it up because it's a good comparison to make because of the type of character Michonne is running towards and the, the kind of character she almost became several times in the series. You know, several times she, mm-hmm. when she decided not to, to put down her sword, looking at it on the mantle and saying, ah, am I going to pick this shit up? I don't know, maybe. You know, and her putting Rick down a, a couple of times <laughs> as he was making his Rick Tater speeches on the streets of Alexandria, that sort of thing. And so them kind of playing off each other, them, each other, both of them pulling them, the other back from the brink that sort of thing which is kind of why we want to see them back together because yeah. you know they, they're the kind they're like the yin to the yang that sort of thing like some at certain points they needed each one needed the other more um so going back to carol it's kind of like well one she doesn't have that kind of person we thought it was daryl we're not sure and the good news is that carol seems to realize this by the by the time we see sneak peeks as she chooses to self-isolate again or something however yeah it's just a really good foil to it's a it's a good way to kind of compare the two like what what are you running towards who are you fighting for and what is it worth if at the end the other person is not going to be able to look at you the same way or something like that and who is the other per- who's carol's other person you know that's the whole other herself thing. i don't think she has think another herself. person carol's going yeah. rogue it's yeah she yeah. has herself to be accountable to that's it but you know what you know Daryl's gonna be upset when he finds out that carol hid this negan thing from from him <sighs> oh, they okay. talked about this in the cave yep 
you know, he yep. said, this is the final thing, right? This yep. is, and, and, and he's like, don't bullshit me. You can't bullshit, you know? And yeah. And again, we say all this because we are concerned. We might as well talk about this now, but I, I had said all throughout the season, if, if Carol's going to be doing this, if let's say if Carol kills Alpha, which in the end she didn't, or she sort of did, which is very interesting to kind of point mm-hmm. out. There's something in her that will not, the A, the cost might be too high and B, I don't know if this is going to give her what Michonne says at the end of this episode peace mm-hmm. and so i we're the sneak peek in talking dead she's hearing alpha's voice in her head now mm-hmm. even though she's long gone or not that long gone mm-hmm. and so now i'm wondering if is this how this is this how the cost the form of which the, that cost is going to take we've already been seeing that cost earlier in the season uh carol was having visions right she was having visions of henry and you know this oh, yeah. isn't the first time that we've kind of seen her going like it's not all there right 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 we and then we had um the call back to uh, what was Carol's uh, suicidal moment in the comics where she's, you know, in, in the past yeah. few episodes where she was, you know, the walker was, you know, and then she was like, is it worth it? Like after she was slapped by Yumiko and uh, he was just, you know, at a really low moment. So I, she's very fragile right now. Right. She's on like a, a knife's edge in terms of where she can go right now. I think she's ultimately like a really, like, I think the default state for her though is very strong. Like mm-hmm. she's too stubborn to kill her herself like she's too stubborn to let somebody else take her life or something else but where does that leave you when you when you can't off yourself and you can't live with yourself like what is your life and that's and that's why i kind of wanted to compare it to michonne who goes through this hard thing that she wasn't prepared to have to go through it's it's all well and good when you when you bow to your id let's say it's all well and good because i think all of us would do that rachel when you said it i never believed it more that i would do the same thing like rachel when you compared your yourself like if that was my son and you know etc etc that's how i would be and i'm like you're right because that's what i would be too and i never learned it more than last sunday (laughs) so um but but that's the thing like what but when you see this hard hard lesson that michonne is not lesson but like more like peek into what could have been if she would have just not bothered and Mm -hmm. what how that Mm -hmm. life could have gone a whole different way she learns this really really tough lesson even after the highs worn off you know like she has to actually grab with this in real life and how, how am I gonna it's kind of it does kind of bring us back to this coronavirus thing because how are you going to react after going through this incredibly difficult financial like um, life or death potentially ordeal like how who, who do you become after this moment what do you decide to do after this moment are you gonna go back to that daily malaise are you gonna go back to sleepwalking folks you know and so <laughs> and so we do see that she, she makes these really really crushingly difficult decisions right after this trip and so I I like to compare it to this moment because like I, I'd like to think that we make similar decisions but we wouldn't I, I I meant to to look those two up but I didn't just yet but who do either of you know the actor the two actors at the end of the episode the the girl and the guy in the cowhide they both look very familiar I know that I have seen them both in okay. other stuff but I can't place their faces I do I want to say one of them is from a Netflix series yes King, other King Batch like, is mm-hmm. one I'm not yeah. sure who the other act who the actresses i have it actually i recognize her more than him her name is brita wool uh, she was on mr mercedes but i'm sure she was in other things too oh she's an actress writer producer best known for roles as lou link later in the audience crime drama series mr mercedes uh and faith duluth in lifetime hulu drama series unreal her major fr- film credits include oh. awol xx okay. automatic at sea erasing yeah. eden and 
creators of the moon. I know her from uh, Unreal. Okay. That was a great show. Was that a Hulu one? I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and she was also, um, oh my gosh, she was on an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, was she? Oh, yes. What? What? She was in my favorite episode, uh, San Junipero. Oh. I'm trying to remember that episode. Okay. What was that about again now? I'm sure. Um, Oh, and she's on Glow? Love story. Yeah, they do. They go in like a little VR world and that's where they they like live. And then like after you die, you like stay in this little virtual world. Oh, that was an excellent episode. It's probably one of the best episodes. One of my favorites. It's in the top for me, like top five, even though there's not that many. Enjoyed right. Well, they've done more. I I like the original Black Mirrors the best, like the the UK ones. Oh and yeah, then, and then well, we have well, organized it. <laughs> well, the writers are the writer and creator is still the same guy. Just they just are just they more because they actors. seem they seem totally different. Like the feel, the layout, the lighting, the ca- everything feels totally different in the second two seasons. Yeah, it's got um, like a it, well, they probably had an American production company too. Yes, thank you. Yeah, she was also in glow yes uh yeah so uh, yeah those, those are the two people that you're introduced at the end of the episode by the way i wasn't 100 percent certain that was him too because i think he's i don't know like his oh. career has gone such a interesting trajectory too oh. you know i'm not wrong his facial features has have changed like he's gotten more i mean he's grown he's gotten older he i think he started out in youtube right or no i, I think vine yeah yes that's right yeah, on vine he was a vine star yeah he looks like one of the kids that silas and i watch on on the those react videos <laughs> well he looks like one of those kids well there you go i mean he's he was he's prolific too like i didn't know he was i don't or i don't remember that he was on the mindy project i don't remember he was into all the boys i've loved before (laughs) house of lies easy but he he was also in that like that horror movie with bella thorne that was on netflix for a hot minute i think as early as last halloween i think but like prolific it's like he almost never said no but like he he almost found himself in the perfect role that that made him look good his name's not king you liar no, it's Andrew, but well, his yeah, name is, Andrew, yeah. he's called King Batch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> Did you want to add to, to what you were saying before? Like just noticing that at the end, like those two actors? I, yeah, no, I just, no, nope, they were it. familiar. And I like, you know how I like to keep track of details. Okay. So there's a couple of things like the apple being a recurring theme in the show in the episode, mm-hmm. but it does hail back to moments that we've seen her eat an apple with Rick in the bed. I think it was like, that was one, one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you want to describe I don't, that? Yeah. I can't remember the episode, which episode it is off the top of my head specifically, but I recommend recognize that because I put together like an entire Rashon timeline at some point and I was like oh yes so um, there's a morning it, it, and I, I just think of it as being like one of the happiest moments of Michonne's life where she goes reaches out wakes up in the morning Rick is you know next to her in bed reaches out to this apple that's on a table takes a bite out of it and then he goes and feeds it to, to Rick and he takes it but she like looks at it before she bites into it and it just seemed to really mirror exactly the moment that that we see on on a Sunday's episode where, you know, Michonne also has an apple, picks it up, also looks at it like for a little bit, you know, and then bites into it. But her mood is just completely, you know, it's the complete opposite feeling of what, what she was feeling in that moment with Rick. The lighting is, is the complete opposite. Like it completely just contrasts to the moment of where she's completely happy with Rick. And then you see her like in this awful uh, room enclosed by herself. And- 
captured, never lower. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the, the, the in-between of that being the moment where Negan saves her, like mm-hmm. as she's injured and trying to, the backpack yeah. guy that survives. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then you see that moment where he tosses, or Laura is the one who tosses her the <laughs> mm-hmm. apple. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. And she's, she also, again, is looking at it like, what the, okay. Mm. This is the, so it's like an in-between, like, eh, not the best, but I'm not dead. So, eh. But I, I was so happy to see Lindsley again, too. I was, too. <laughs> oh, and, and uh, Matt Ma- Mangum, I think it is. And Mangum. Matt Magnum, yeah. Yes, yeah, CJ. Oh, CJ was there, too. <laughs> DJ. And, and another yeah. couple of, like, saviors that we hadn't seen a, in a long while, uh, and I can't remember, is Tracy... Um, can't remember his name. Oh, this is gonna eat me up inside because I did an acting class with him. We went to Camp Merrimack, and we were just hilarious because I would say things that would just set him off. I would have liked to have seen Fat Joey back. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been a really interesting choice because would Daryl have run across him yet? I don't know. I don't think Fat Joey was the savior who was ever really allowed out on the road because I felt like he was their Eugene, True. right? Yeah. True. Yeah. Just yeah. Would've, it would have been funny because he like had such a like surprisingly big following. Like people. Yeah. Love that, Joey. <laughs> We're upset when he was killed. Yeah. yeah. That Joey deserved better. Hashtag. <laughs> right. Can you imagine like out of context? <laughs> <laughs> So I I don't know about you guys, but um, so when Michonne was locked in that room and and the food was in there and the people on the other side are telling her like to eat and stuff, like my first thought was don't listen to these people. Like they're in on it. Whatever is going on, they're in on it. They want you to eat that food. Don't eat it. (laughs) They had to know though, right? That she was going to be drugged because did Virgil not drug them at some point as well? Nope. Right. Because here's the thing. He gave that to her as a gift, as a thank you. That was his way of thanking her. He he did think it was, he did think it was going to have a positive effect on her, I Ooh. guess, as it did to him, right? This is, yeah, that, and that's the thing, like, I think he really did want to thank her for every, for the thing that he just did, this thing that he couldn't do and nobody else could do. And, and like, the thing, th- and that's one of the questions I ask at the beginning of the show, is like, had Michonne remained patient, do you think Virgil would have kept his promise? Well, what did, I guess I'm, I guess I'm not really sure how that was all going to play out. Like, what was the plan here? How was he going to explain how he had these people locked away? Like, what, what was the actual game plan here? Yeah, yeah I'm not quite sure, you know? Anybody? <laughs> I'm not sure how that was going to work out in his favor ever. The one thing I will say is I think he always planned to give her this gift in exchange. I think it's just when and where. <laughs> like, would it be behind bars? Did he drop the hint that the lab, did Did he drop the hint that the lab was, you know, run by, overrun by wild animals and structurally not sound? Did he do that so that he knew she would go into there? Because the way he said it was pretty suspiciously. Like, a little unsubtly suspiciously. I'm not saying yes or no. But I'm saying it does make you think. Because there's a part of you that kind of wants to dismiss Virgil offhand the way Michonne does, right? Because her mm-hmm. visual annoyance, you're on her side. It's like you said, you want to follow mm-hmm. your protagonist. Mm-hmm. But that's an opportunity for me to kind of go, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Like as as much as like at the end of at the end of the the end result actually is that Virgil is like a little out of it, right? Anyway. So who knows how that would have gone down. And again, it, it serves to remind everybody that like had it not gone down the way that it did go down, we don't know if we would have she would have gotten to the Rick clues you know and so it almost doesn't matter but at the same time and this is the only reason why I asked this question I am a hardcore Kevin T. Carroll fan like not because of this episode but I've said it before from like the moment we heard it in San Diego Comic Con and I'm biting my lip and going when are we going to see Kevin T. Carroll when is it going <laughs> to happen and I even ask at the end of my notes like are we going to see him again are we ever going to see him again is this what's going to is this happening can we do this again sometime well, it seems a little anticlimactic don't you think I mean 
mean, for this role, for this Virgil role, mm-hmm. they could have cast somebody maybe a little less well known. I mean, right. if you have a name like that, I would, yeah, I would expect his character to 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 be around a little bit longer. Like I think we'll see him again. Like Samantha Morton, uh, Ryan Hurst, mm-hmm. Kevin T. Carroll. Like, I, I was losing yeah. my mind the day of <laughs> losing my fucking I I mind. <laughs> I am not going to be embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. He's incredible. I like I got to see a are lot you, are of Are you a big What's that? Are you a big Leftovers fan? Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. So there's there's Leftovers. Yeah, the uh what was the what was the one with Marshall Ali? Um I can't remember. Moonlight. Oh, Excellent. Yeah. Oh, he was incredible. And oh, and of course, of course. And I don't know why this is the first time I ever saw. Well, no, it was the second time I ever saw him, but it was uh Castle Rock. Yeah. Awesome. That was where I saw him. Awesome. Anyway, so yeah, I was that's I was so excited to see him and then like, oh, he's in two episodes. Goodbye. Look, <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, I'm a Virgil apologist. I'm saying this out loud. Like <laughs> I am going to question everything when it comes to this character because and also because he's like and I'm going to like pull a dispatches from elsewhere um because I've been watching it and it's fucking awesome um virgil virgil is you virgil is literally you (laughs) oh god if you are yeah if you are somebody on an island yeah trapped on an island with others (laughs) (laughs) fell from a magical plane um no and then and you didn't have the experience which we've seen and it's annoying but they exist they don't usually survive but here we are the gang has learned mercy and how to let them survive and let them flourish and so here we are virgil's still alive i wonder if we will get to see him again because at the end you're you're almost kind of wondering what michelle is wondering is like how far deep is virgil when it comes to these rick discoveries did he did they wash up was he on the boat mm-hmm. you know did he yeah. abort it where did those people go who picked them up you know where did they go where did, why did that ship wash ashore for what yeah. reason did something mm-hmm. let it sweep away was it the storm that was in fear of the walking dead season four i don't know also wait this, there was a moment on the episode and i i keep forgetting to like watch this moment more closely mm. when i rewatch. but you know i've seen other people ask was it virgil that set the boat on fire yeah i assume oh, the, right? the boat that's that they came assume. in on yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah right I, that's what i just assume but i, I think some I, people I weren't sure because it seemed like michonne had just stabbed him and then they ran out and then the boat was on fire but maybe yeah. he set it on fire right before he went to go and see her I don't right <laughs> and, and you know what that's why like that's why i wanted that actually reinforces the question i asked before which was like did virgil intend to let michonne go and he does kind of say near the end and believing what he says is difficult but he said like i wanted to let you go oh i want to let them go but i wanted to keep you around so that they wouldn't kill me and like so she was like okay i have you i don't need them anymore i can mm-hmm. let them go i trust you i sort of trust you i thanked <laughs> you for the medicine i think we're on good footing but so like he was banking on her not killing him after the medicine because she he thought mistakenly that it would give her peace and like mm. heaven essentially and, and she'd and be okay with the let go of her family <laughs> I don't think he expected, yeah, I don't think he expected, because his Mirror Darkly is a world in which they survived. Mm-hmm. You know, her Mirror Darkly is where they didn't. So, like, you know, yeah. it seems to be opposite world when you take this thing. Which, what is this thing? Um, Jimson Weed. What is Jimson Weed's other name or variations of that name? The Devil Snare. And little factoids you learn along the way. Mm. Um, hilarious note, um, the British soldiers who were uh, trying to put down the Bacon Rebellion in Jamestown, Virginia, by the way, were where they found the Jimson weed because that's why it's called Jimson 
and it's named after Jamestown, Virginia. Um, there are like hilarious accounts of British soldiers making absolute fools of themselves on this <laughs> on this thing. Highly toxic, by the way, in case you get big ideas. So if you don't know what you're doing, you could literally kill yourself. So many OD'd on this shit. So little factoid, little Virginia specific factoid for you. <laughs> that you may not have known about the devil snare. He's got you. Well, I just I think we'll definitely see Virgil again. Like I said, you yeah. don't bring in like that and only use him in two episodes. Well, maybe we'll see him in the movies. Who knows? The whole episode, he reminded me of where Morgan was at mentally when he was clearing his place out. I mean, that the way, you know, Michonne would talk to him and there was just absolutely nothing coming back. I even like jotted down a few times, like she would ask him a question and he would just start talking and like, mm -hmm. as if she didn't even ask him a question. And like you were saying, like her facial expressions, like how irritated she was getting was kind of cracking me up. It was hilarious because yeah, I was getting equally annoyed <laughs> with him, but her, her one line yeah, responses, like, like one liners. Yeah. Yeah. He just wasn't there mentally. So, you know, I think we may see him again, hopefully maybe in a similar fashion that Morgan pops back up, you know, Hey guys, my head's clear now i'm good maybe i can be an ally to you so Speak, speaking of morgan that. speaking of morgan when michonne's kind of delivering her verdict on on virgil i'll get into the specifics later but or like in a few but specifically when she says mercy when she she's going on about mercy it was right after that scene she's in the cell with virgil and she goes and he goes i don't know who i am without them etc etc and there was something that was reminiscent about what morgan says right at the end of season five and he goes just live and and there was just this just beautiful like tie-in where you know morgan's reaching out to a scene like if you can hear me kind of like at the end of season four too if anybody can hear me if you can find them a team but he goes to his team one last time and goes instead of helping others he's trying to help his friends and says just live and it was this weird moment where like i felt like there were, even we were kind of poking at morgan themes like with the clear idea with with morgan going clear um here and there throughout this episode i just figured that was a nice little nod to to him right at the end it's kind of beautiful i mean that's just one of those things about how many little easter eggs there are that's why like it took me forever just to go through this montage I don't know how many times I like rewatched it because you're just like you think of all of these things oh yeah and so many gifable moments or people say gifs people say gif I say gif I'm a, I'm a hard so, G it's okay so, so many gifable moments though like to be honest like like every scene where like somebody says Michonne and it kind of reverberates their head like oh mm. oh that could be my avatar right there done <laughs> like Rick Rick about to just about to shoot Morgan uh, Morgan oh my god Michonne, <laughs> and then like that that echo just right at the right beforehand it's just mm -hmm. ooh, i get chills a little bit speaking of that moment i didn't realize for a while because it was bothering me uh i was like is that season two episode seven where you know he's shooting sophia and then i was right. like no that's not how his hair looked and that's not how his beard looked and then other people are like no kirsten like they just did the vfx like they just like <laughs> added hair in the beard to that season two shot and i was like oh wow like really wait Literally, hair, so. yeah. yeah. They added the wet curly hair in the back, in the back. Mm -hmm. you know, the kind we fell in love with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I, I'll never forget that scene too. Well, was that? also Michonne didn't know him back then. So she wouldn't have, you know, which says she remembers him with the curly hair. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is to say, like, like she, it's exactly like you said, she didn't know him in that moment and she literally didn't know him in that moment, <laughs> like in that specific, like sliding doors moment. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I'll never forget that shot, too, because like the moments before that Sophia shot, too, by the way, like the first shot before you, you see the barrel of the gun point of view, mm-hmm. there was almost as a kind of like almost like unforgiving face that he makes. There's almost like a mean look to his face. Like, I'm so pissed that we found you like this. Not like in an angry way, but like in a what was all this for? I think know? it's also like because Shane originally wanted them to go into the barn and to kill. And he's like, I can't believe I have to go and do this now. Right. You know, should I listen to Shane? Like, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> could, have uh, also, really? also felt, could have also partially felt responsible for finding her that way. I mean, I know a lot of people blame Rick for Sophia's death in general. So finding her dead would be devastating for him. And now oh. here he, you know, he made this mistake and now he has to put her down. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then like the people that say Shane didn't do anything wrong or were like, yes, <laughs> yes, Shane was right. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, I got to kill this. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. But if they, even if they had gone in there when Shane said to, you know, would they have found Sophia right, right away? Would it have changed anything? Maybe, you know, maybe they were there for at least a few days. I mean, maybe a week. I mean, we could say right before the fire broke sure. up. And, and they were, I would imagine, still gathering up walkers in the meantime. If they had gone in there on day one and she wasn't there, they would have found her out in the woods someplace or who knows that's a good point i mean i always it's kind of like as like we were saying earlier like i always do like to revisit these scenes and figure out knowing what we know now and how people evolved and looking back and like of course hindsight's fucking 2020 <laughs> but like at the time when you're just trying to figure all this out it, there's something exciting about not knowing and and you do have to take that into account when you look back and now when we look at virgil do we see him the same way maybe you know considering that scene he hasn't had to deal with this shit <laughs> he like to him he just lost his family after 10 years in the apocalypse so good for him being able to hold on to his family i think he noticed he recognizes that too you know we were the lucky ones like the people that poured in weren't did all of that happen to virgil recently i guess i didn't really get a good idea of how long they had been like that the people the other people trapped in the road were like oh you know we've been in here since then but since when like are we talking a few weeks a few months since the beginning of the apocalypse what right it doesn't feel like it's super long because I don't think that uh, the I feel like the others the right? guys hair would have been longer yeah the others right I feel like they're they just would have looked more ragged yeah right I mean it seemed as though they had the, enough sense to not make him angry but I don't think mm-hmm. it was that long a time where like okay consider the consider his family when he finally finds them they're hanging from the rafters and mm-hmm. so what does that say about people on this island that they could potentially do like if these guys were captured and captured by crazy Virgil who was there friend mm-hmm. um would they have done the same thing you know mm-hmm. and and given enough time they may have i also think that it's interesting and, and i'm probably going to have to revisit this whole other side plot at some point because there's so much other stuff going on in the episode i i think angela is very good at this at putting little things little teases in episodes for you to revisit upon a second a third watch later on down the road especially with I- the whole um dante reveal if you go back to other episodes mm-hmm. you see you start to see the clues right so I feel like they they mentioned very briefly about how they allowed this other group to come on and they like turned. I wonder if they, if this other group of people, if they are supposed to be a tie-in to the movie or to the CRM at large mm-hmm. or some other, you know, part of the larger Walking Dead universe. Are you talking about I was pe- getting the feeling that we, that we would know who this group was. Like are you if talking we about the others in the this, cell or? The- no, the, no, the, the, the other the others men. that we don't know 
Oh, at the, in the sort of caravan sort of scene? No, not, no, neither. The so. people showed up to the island and basically, gotcha. so the good people on the island were there. Sorry. Mystery people floated up. Right. They welcomed them in and then all of a sudden they turned bad. They had yeah. a Thanksgiving. Yeah, I bet then, that's a group that we've seen before. I kind of got that feeling. Could be. Yeah. I, I was actually going to ask that question next, like with, with what, because I mean, it goes to Virgil's lack, quote unquote, of authenticity, where it's mm-hmm. like, do you kind of believe him when he's saying, you know, I could point, I could point you to shells. He, he says we, and then he says I, because there's nobody left. Because <laughs> um, we've seen CRM group in Fear the Walking Dead pick places for exactly what they want in targeted operations in the dead of night when the conditions are right for them, uh, and then get the fuck out. And then mm-hmm. they get what they want in spite of the cost, because we see, we do see that the reactor starts to melt down. Um, so we get an idea of who these people are, whether they give a shit about the costs and when they get what they want. And there could be another example here. Do they go in? Do they see, does, is Virgil right when he says, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen a shell or two. I've seen where there may be things that indicate there is artillery, but mm-hmm. you know, it's possible that they came in in the dead of night, caused a condition that may have, you know, cause like you said, they were starving, but they may have caused a condition to where they could eliminate most of the island, come in, pick it clean, jump out, done. So I wonder, I do wonder about that but also like okay why don't we go to the meat of like what could be and that is the telltale etching of judith and michonne mm-hmm. um on this iphone probably an iphone 3 let's be time i just accurate. i figured that it was just a, a regular 2007 iphone right because someone was Stop. arguing about this on twitter and i was like in the grand scheme of things yeah is this the molehill to die on it doesn't matter like right. there was definitely cell phones around in 2010 why are we arguing this exactly right. there's no need to argue she didn't it. turn it on or make a call so exactly. <laughs> yeah the end point is is not yeah that's not the end point right but yeah and it i mean is that not what we would eventually use those devices for is to like draw on because that's all it would be good for anyway right <laughs> that or like uh, at that okay, point yeah basically or like hammering nails or something like that who knows but no yeah, it, it would break that wouldn't even you couldn't even use it as a hammer <laughs> i'm being facetious um <laughs> But yeah, it goes it goes to what this etching is about. Who did it? How would they know? And this is the, the big question that people are asking. And we've had time to think about it. And maybe we can come somewhere to where... I mean, because a lot of people are saying, oh, this is Anne trying out her Japanese writing and her etching skills. And, and I, and mm. I, mean, I want to get your ideas on this first, though, because mm-hmm. there's so many re- ways of interpreting why Judith looks the way she does uh-huh. in this photo. Why don't you give us a little something, Kirsten? Yeah, so I've thought about this a lot. And I'll, t- I'll walk you through my progression of how what my initial thoughts were mm-hmm. and then how I decided that was totally wrong. <laughs> we all have that moment. Yeah. Well, because, well, originally, you know, when I'm watching these episodes on Wednesday, the only person I really have to talk about these feelings with are, are myself or or I'll message Brandon over at Comic Book and, uh, and we'll just toss around our thoughts. On with his episode. cynical take. <laughs> right. Usually. And so then I'm, and I'm like, well, that doesn't help. That's me. not helpful. <laughs> so, at me, no, Brandon. No, love Brandon. Um, I do too. No, I just, I had said to him, I was like, hey, um, I'm going to try and find out what the message says. And because he was like, I don't, you know, I yeah. knew he wasn't going to know the <laughs> Japanese characters, the love Brandon, but I, I was like, I'm going to just figure it out. And he right. was like, all right. So um, all the power to you. So when I found that out, I found that it was believe a little bit longer. So initially my thought process was, wow. Uh, and let me, let me just say, preface this with, I figured that Michonne having some sort of art background uh, she because I believe that she um, I thought that she had sold art or was like a dealer or something and I don't remember if that's something that 
that we learned from the Telltale games, or oh, where I'm pulling that in from. That's a tough one, right? Because in the right? show, she she was a she was a I think she's she was a, a lawyer. lawyer, and in the comic, she's a lawyer. So maybe I'm maybe I'm off okay. with the with the art thought. So maybe maybe get rid of that. But I was also <laughs> thinking I was also thinking about the swords and right. how they were referring to them as you know Daito and then Shoto. So I knew that there was that Japanese at least like connection there with Michonne. So I thought maybe she knew Japanese, and so then I thought that maybe she taught Rick some Japanese like characters <laughs> right and this is I, I know that this is all wrong now but I just want to lay out my thought process mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I thought that Rick initially had drawn had like not that I thought he drew this out I thought Anne drew it out because um I thought that it was established that Rick probably couldn't draw at some point and, <laughs> but, but the etching of his name looked like it was signed by him because I could have sworn and correct me if I'm wrong I could have sworn that we've seen Rick write his name like that somewhere on the series I don't remember where I did not have time to go through all 10 seasons before you know in a span of a few days then that completely went out the window after I saw I think Angela Kang she confirmed the EW that the message was not written by Rick and that it was a message to Rick from somebody somehow on this boat so my thought process now is that because Judith does look older in this image right she looks right. like current Judith so I think that someone let's say the CRM is holding Rick hostage or something mm-hmm. and uh, they are letting Rick know that like Judith and Michonne is alive like that phone is was a message to Rick and um, and the message being translated to uh, believe a little bit longer so I feel like someone's holding Rick hostage believe a little bit longer and then we'll let you go and be with your family again and so I don't even know if Rick wrote Rick on the phone or someone else just wrote Rick right. to him why is it written in Japanese I don't know can Rick even read Japanese I have no idea like but I think that this this was nothing that had anything to do with Michonne she just happened to I think find it but I think that it's a hint that Rick is being held captive by someone but who's also giving him hints or, or letting him know that like his family is alive and okay and that there's a larger purpose for him to be doing whatever he's doing right now and that whatever's keeping him away from his family no I was that, that <laughs> was pretty pretty much where pretty much where I was at and to be totally honest my thought process kind of changed right now in this moment as you were talking. Um, I kind of, so I, I thought it would be weird that Rick would write his own name on a phone. So I did kind of think it was a message for him. Like, why would, why would he write his own name? So, and then obviously Judith looks a little bit older. So it was somebody who was observing them more recently. Then now the idea that he's being held hostage. I mean, I always kind of thought, obviously he's someplace and there's a reason he's not trying to get back to his family. There has to be a reason either, you know, I I don't know. I could come up with a hundred different scenarios why he's why they're holding him there but if they're holding him when you the the more you said that you know holding him hostage um and then giving him this hope it it might not even be hope i mean that could almost be a torture tactic in itself believe a little bit longer believe that we are watching your family and if you don't comply we can hurt them yeah, i would here's say what that they was another like, thought here's what they look like yeah and he has to believe Ooh, that, that too just like this is... came into my head yeah so. I, 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 i'm glad though that you brought up maybe he's not even like 
being held, maybe hostage isn't the right word. I don't know if it's just like a held against their will. But the only reason why I thought of that was because of the boots being left behind. And Scott Gimple made a point on Talking Dead afterwards that both Andy Lincoln, Grimes, would not leave behind his boots unless it was like completely necessary. So I don't know if he was um, leaving the boots behind because he knew that that could be a clue and he knew that that would be in case someone found them or if he was forced to take them off Hmm. for some other reason. Right, right. And the fact that they were placed on a shelf, not just tossed someplace, you know, haphazardly. Like they were set on a shelf. They were still in fairly good condition. I mean, really. I mean, considering, yeah. But I mean, the cell phone was on a table, right? The cell phone was on a table underneath a bunch of other stuff. You know, the boots were on a shelf put away in a closet someplace. So, right. The more you guys talk, the more I'm kind of narrowing down how I feel about this. I mean, I do agree mostly with you guys when it comes to like, I think it is a picture to show Rick. I'm not 100% sure that whether it's Rick that has seen them grow, has seen Michonne and Judith grow, mostly Judith. But I do want to go to just a more something else that you guys haven't said, which is like, we've seen how they operate um, in Fear the Walking Dead. They go in, they go out, and the thing about Althea burying that tape goes goes to the sensitive nature that these guys are trying to keep up this place because they are vulnerable, as she says, Althea, it is, the idea is vulnerable. If other people from the outside knew about it, it, it would all be over, at least in the time that they were in currently, which is like mm, five years, five years in the past, just about? Five, probably a little extra. Ish. Probably a little extra. Who knows how they are six years from then? You know, like like six years, they may be a lot yeah. stronger. We don't know. But that alone might be the thing that gets him not to go out because Rick, you're talking about Rick motherfucking Grimes. And this is something people forget <laughs> completely. People are so wrapped up in the drama of it's my family, Michonne and Judith, that they forget that Rick, it clings to these these moral high grounds, if you want to call it that. We Where we last left him was doing this thing for the greater good to pull all the communities together and live as one in a peaceful kind of society society with rules which we broke down in our blog of what almost all the um the charter for rights and freedoms what were like things about like tra- you know the right to leave a community to go to another or to go on their own we wish people luck that sort of thing you get to this this height and then all of a sudden we lose him and that's where he's at currently so when you take him to this idealistic or this this advanced society where on the one hand they've done so much to to keep their society stable but they also have this proviso that first of all the qualifications a or b and that's a whole other mess that we we're probably getting into some other time, but but the, but going back to even simpler brass tacks, if it is the CRM group, who knows? First of all, because that's a tough one. It is because as we learn about the civic, oh, civic republic military. Yes, I don't know what it is. I've got a block. I can't. I can't seem to get it in my head. I would say the image on that cell phone could oh, potentially be up to four or five years old, um, because RJ's not hmm. on it. Right. Right. I was wondering that too, but maybe they want to keep that info from Rick. Because because maybe Rick would, if he knew that he had a son, if he knew that he had a child with Michonne, another child, like, don't you think Rick would go full Rictatorship? True. And be like, Pfft. until we understand the motivations for yeah. what this is, yeah, right. I, yeah, we don't know, we don't know what its purpose is, but, yeah. but RJ was not on there, so yeah. I mean, and to fi- to finish yeah. my thought, it's just really that's that's where we, this is where we left him, ideologically speaking. And if Althea herself were to give him that pitch, we don't know time wise where we are, but. Mm-hmm. 
I, it would it would be enough for him to be like it would gnaw at him, but I think he'd know that for the greater good, like he wouldn't he wouldn't reach out for fear of this entire society to be lost potentially just to get, reach out to his kids. That's that would be enough for him to not do it. And then now, how, what are the conditions that make it possible so that Michonne could reach him? This could be it. This could be the moment. So that whole that whole like trail of thing like made me feel kind of like uh made me it, it made me think of Virginia and, right. and her whole group. Uh, you're not the only traveling. one. Yeah, you're not the first one who said yeah. that. Because where we left <laughs> off with Fear of the Walking Dead and CRM and who knows whom. It, and because of the way they're dressed in cow skins, it does make you yeah. think. It makes you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could this be Ginny's gang? Could they have gotten to the pinnacle of something bigger? I mean, I, I think I seem to recall Gimple saying there are three distinct communities by the end of this or by the time we catch up to real time. Yeah, because it's three circles, mm-hmm. right? For yeah. the CRM. So I imagine that each one is its own community. Right. With their different styles, yeah. I imagine, too, what they do or produce yeah. or how they run things. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, this might be action. Yeah. <laughs> I know the main one that I think they mentioned the main was in was in was in and around near Omaha. I, I'm trying to remember exactly because we know the one mm. the one is leaning more towards uh, the Philly, Camden, Jersey ish area. Mm-hmm. We've got Ginny's group, which is out in the southwest, maybe or unless they do a wagon trail all the way northbound. Um, but we do know that the I think we know that the group that we follow in the world beyond is in and around Nebraska. It sounds like something like that. Maybe. Is that? I, I, so. I don't that, think I've heard anything. That would be funny since that goes back to like, I think season two of The Walking Dead. Dave. Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who, by that the way, really funny. I love that actor that drop be because funny. that actor, um, oh, he, was, he was with Donald Logue in a show called Terriers, which I can't believe I haven't brought that up before because I bring it up online, but I never brought it up on the show. Donald Logue and this guy had, same a, guy. Yeah. Yeah, had a show called Terriers. Awesome show that got canceled before. It's like two seasons and it just, it just fitted out. Excellent show. If you get to watch it, if you can find it somewhere, watch it. It's excellent. Michael Raymond James. Boom. That's that's Dave from Nebraska or whatever. Yeah, that's the one from True Blood. Oh, okay. That's how, yeah. He played this character named yes. on True Blood. Yep. That's the guy. Every time I see him, I refer to him as the guy that should have been a Wahlberg. <laughs> 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 like the Wahlberg cousin. He, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, for real, he has the Wahlberg face. Like he could have been a Wahlberg for sure. Yeah. Oh, yes. Boy. Yes. God yep, damn. That's the face. He's I like, didn't have a name, but that's thank you. He's like if Marky Mark ever aged and lost his figure. <laughs> right, Marky Mark does not age. Oh my god. He doesn't gosh. age. He doesn't lose his no. figure. Just only looked hotter. Okay. Okay. There, how's that? And we <gasps> okay content that will be edited out. <laughs> so. Oh my god. <laughs> we did that oh, for nothing. Happened. So when Judith is talking to Michonne, by the way, there's a point at which she is ta- she's telling her what's happening. Judith is telling Michonne what's happening. And everything she says is true. Is true. However, she's not telling Michonne everything, I don't think. No. I think she's just trying to get her not to worry. And I kind of wanted to get your pulse on what I'm thinking because like she's good at it. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. good at hiding the truth lately. I froze real quick when Michonne asked her the question, is anything up with the whispers and then there was that pause and i went what are you gonna say kid what are you gonna say and then it just went through i'm like oh everything's okay. fine. all right we beat them yep. like say something that's out of this world true like we we, we got a mom what did you, what did she get <laughs> it's like she considered very carefully how to choose her words right and it's right. like well alpha can't hurt us i, I don't i'm yeah but beta maybe is still <laughs> out there and right. still a ton of whispers left over <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so when when she said that, did you think the same thing I did? When when she said Alpha can't hurt us anymore, I thought, oh, okay. So Carol and or Negan have returned with with her head. Like they now know Alpha's dead. Or do you think she was just it was just wishful thinking that Judith was saying that? Yeah, that's a good point. Like how far in the future mm. are we too? And and do we go backwards a little bit for her to know that? I feel like she's being honest. I feel like Sunday's episode will probably explore 1014 will probably explore, you know, Carol. I'm hoping that it's going right. to explore more of like the deal that went on with Carol and, and Negan and then explaining what happened. Because there are photos that are available of Daryl at least coming into contact with Negan and it looks like his hands mm. are tied. It looks like they're bringing him back to somewhere. I don't right. know if it's Alexandria or, or elsewhere. So, and if that is the case, then, then Judith is probably aware of something. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. the perfect opportunity to go into sneak peeks for if only maybe to finish out the show but like you know so we, we are talking and the reason why it's important is because we see judith at a point at which she knows that alpha is taken out so we don't know at what point we are at the end of this episode but we do know that when we start off mm-hmm. the next episode we see that Kara's carol's putting alpha's head on a spot on a pike at the border yes Negan goes, it's yes! done. Um, Beta and the other, and some other two whispers discover Alpha's head. Carol, I'm not going back, which is like the third time we've seen herself isolate, which I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prison Kingdom and now. Who did she say that to? Uh, she says it to Who'd- Negan. In response to him saying, um, I held up my end, now hold up yours. So something's going on mm-hmm. here. If Negan is counting on Carol to like schmooze his way back into the community, yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> Right. She does not have much credit right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's well, better off just walking in going, I surrender. He'd he'd have a better chance that way than which, walking in with her. Which makes you think what the ask is after Aaron finds him going after mm. Lydia and all that stuff. And and with a with a whisper mm-hmm. mask on and the whole th- Because if she can't come back and vouch for him, he's dead meat. Like, and Lydia's not gonna vouch for him. Like and, less she know the only thing she knows is he tied me to a chair and left me. <laughs> and we do discover in the sneak peeks that he's going to the shack where he left her. She's untied, mm. but but Daryl's in here in Lydia's place, hitting her over the head with a crossbow again, which is weird because we haven't seen him with a crossbow in forever. This episode, notwithstanding, by the way, this, yeah, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. except for this episode, yeah. So it has been a while. Now yeah. that you mention that, Daryl always seems to get whatever he needs to have, regardless of whether or not it makes sense, right? <laughs> rocket launcher, but, yeah. The rocket <laughs> right? he just, he, he RPG, rather what he needs to fulfill whatever arc he needs to in an episode so like come on he should have bled out a few episodes ago from that oh, stab yeah. in the leg right yeah. but you know he's Daryl so if Daryl like <laughs> if Daryl wants to have his crossbow back that's fine you know if Daryl <laughs> wants to ride his motorcycle even though he probably shouldn't have any sort of gasoline to drive it around whatever yeah you know. whatever methanol or ethanol supply was left <laughs> sure okay Daryl's got moonshine up the wazoo literally I can only conclude by just the shape of just these few because there's still a little bit more like we're talking about a Judith who's perhaps seen this to the end. I'm thinking it makes more sense that she would do that. She would say that at the end of this because con- knowing that Alpha's gone means that yep. it's got to be after this episode or somewhere in between this episode, and they're not going to mm-hmm. replay that scene again uh, in the next episode. So I, I hope they do like a like a little. I I like when they do that just so we can like just so we have point? a better idea of how yeah well so that we have a better idea of how these timelines are are adding up. You know, mm-hmm. even if we just see Judith in the back around somewhere on a radio like making reference to the fact that this was happening while she was talking to Michonne like that would that would just be cool well that's all <laughs> take it even take it even further what if this is technically t- 
time-wise, the season finale. Like, what if this is the gap, this is the end, and then the rest of okay. it is catching up to Michonne? Because she's been out for who knows how long? I guess because, like, even, okay. the, even the first day, she's like, you were out for, like, mm. a, for more than a day. And so, True. we don't know how long she's been tripping there. You know, oh, and, and like, oh, and when she was tripping, the guys were saying, we've been trying to call out to you for days? Something like that? I, I think they just said she was out for a day. Well, yeah. The first time. They right? said, we've been, we've been trying to talk to you. Oh, and right, she right. Said, have I been out about a day? I, I, I wish they'd written because I feel like they were trying to talk to her between her trips, like with Virgil. But I don't know how long she was out because I read a little fact yeah. about the Jimson weed mm-hmm. um, a little bit more, and they they were saying that these these hallucinations could would last for days. Oh, interesting! And oh, wow! So, just from one dose? Because the doses that they were producing were just so potent and toxic. Yeah by the way, which almost explains Virgil's Virgil's behavior. Like, I mean, like how much has he had? Right. And how much permanent damage and stunted (laughs) damage has he done to himself? (laughs) So, right. Virgil made a comment um, later on when Michonne kind of pushes him down and she's about to kill him. And he even makes reference to the fact that his wife was his compass. And ever since she was gone, he didn't really know what to do, you know, locking those people up. And like, he's like, I didn't want to kill him, but I, I didn't, I, I couldn't let him leave either. So this was my, Mm. this was the only thing I could think to do like you almost feel bad for him in that moment like someone who just doesn't he doesn't see right and wrong he just he knows what needs to be done and just does it and then he's going i did i do it wrong i don't i didn't know what else to do (laughs) i'm glad you brought that up because that also made me think of some of the other moral compasses in michonne's life or Mm -hmm. rick's life in the past and those are people who we saw in this episode not only sadiq right and we've talked a lot about him but then glenn who was very much a moral compass for for rick And I would even say, I think that it's interesting that they showed Heath again, which I've always been a big um, proponent of like, where is Heath and all that. (laughs) Hashtag. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, we now know, because this was something Angela had said to me uh, way back, we know that he was sent off by Anne and the helicopter people took him away somewhere. Mm. So that's confirmed. Yeah, that's something that Angela told me. Wow. It was like a while back. Yeah, it was like 2018 or 2019. And one of them left a key card. Yeah, yeah, we don't know anything about PPP. I have no idea what, what's up with that still. But that was why Anne Jadis had um, the Winnebago, the RV um, in 905. Yes. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And and I had asked her, is that supposed to, are we supposed to infer? Because if you go back to season seven, I'm just going on a slight tangent. You can see that she has the Winnebago uh, in like season seven in her junkyard. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that was what was supposed to be inferred. But I thought that it was interesting that they showed Heath again because he was the one person who kind of like stood up to Rick and was like, I don't think I really like believe in, or was it Rick? Or he was just like talking to maybe Glenn or someone in the RV the last time that we saw him. Tara? Uh, no, Tara. Tara, Tara thank you. Tara. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, he, and he was saying that he really didn't believe in everything that the group was doing. And uh, he kind of went off on his own. So I kind of saw it interesting that you know they showed him and Glenn again when you have Ooh. Glenn who was someone who was the moral compass and then Heath who was someone who was just like bye <laughs> bye bitch <laughs> yo these folks are crazy can you take me uh, right like the, I'm an the, A I'm an A the worst Uber ever <laughs> like but like but it's it's funny they mentioned Tara like cause it, cause Tara brings this up herself when they reach uh, well no were they in oh yeah they were in Alexandria but she brings this up in the church when Rick has his big speech about these guys gotta go mm. and she pleads with more Morgan after Rick leaves and she she goes I just left the governor for this 
<laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm. you, you, it brings you back to Heath and the satellite station. It's like, whoa, this was the moment where they went too far or arguably too far in retrospect. <laughs> um, or, or too far gone. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting to see Heath's face again. I mean, it's, I feel like that's almost like a primer. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, why, why bother I, showing Corey Hawkins? They didn't have, they could have just showed Glenn. I know that they're reusing that footage, but I thought right. that they're selecting what footage to show. They didn't need yeah. to show that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and of course you're going to show Glenn again because Glenn. Oh. And maybe also Glenn. to kind of make up for, not make up for, because I was never, I never really cared about this, but I know that the original idea was to bring back Glenn for Rick's dream sequence. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, but like maybe to kind of be like, eh, if we're going to go back in time and show somebody, yeah, let's show him a little later. And so this was definitely a way better placement. Like if you had to choose between seeing Glenn in 905, 905 was it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Or seeing him here. It makes way more sense to see him here. And Sasha Williams being the heart and the idea of sacrifice. Because mm-hmm. Glenn is the op, in a sense, is the opposite. Like if you see this episode, you see this is when Glenn decided to put down his moral compass and do the dirty. Mm-hmm. And then he got it for it too, the one time. So. And it's hard, right? You're upset. <laughs> you're looking yeah. at this like you're thinking about it all over again. You see the scene all over again. Well, I think it's just been important. And this, and I didn't write about it for this past week because I wrote about it literally the week before. But, you know, that isn't the first time that the show this season has revisited the controversial season six finale, season seven premiere. And yeah. I feel like they're almost trying to do this do-over where they're saying like, sorry, we know that we did wrong. We know that we drove the like a majority of the fan base away right and we're trying to i don't know if this is like revisionist history but it's also like it's it's almost like this has been a slow burn for the negan redemption arc where it's like well the has gone andy's gone uh we know daryl's still here what, but also negan is still here and we need right. you to like him right right <laughs> so, and- <laughs> <laughs> and this is a big, big question that we asked like before and like, so what happens after this moment? You know, where does Negan go? And and it's and we all kind of concluded that okay, Cash Cow Dean Morgan is not gonna leave the show, you know, it's just not gonna happen. And I was almost begrudgingly so because it was kind of like because I'm a slave to story. Like, so it doesn't matter who you are. If Daryl's gotta die to serve the story's purpose, Daryl's gotta die. I'm savage when it comes to that. Like, if it makes sense, do it. Because the thing is walking the walking dead at least in the past because Andrea has never been afraid of getting rid of main characters not really you know like if it means Dale has to go for whatever reason however complicated he's gotta go and so or if Carol stays just because it makes sense like oh why would she offer herself we have so much potential to do something else mm-hmm. she stays you know so you know so I, I, it, that's the only reason why I wonder you know where is it his exit is it not his exit what can they possibly do with this character to where people can swallow it we're at an interesting crossroads crossroads because if you know the comics you know after this Negan just disappears yeah just goes off on his own and lives on a farm for like the rest of his life or something <laughs> you know or something here's what I would like to see okay because I am probably I, I would probably be one of the bigger Negan haters honestly like what he did to Glenn is unforgivable even though I knew it was coming I'm, I'm not mad about I'm not mad about it but I am mad about it right not mad at the writers how about that mad yeah, at Negan uh, <laughs> right now can he be redeemed I mean I I'd like to believe that everybody has that quality, right? Even Negan. Shit. Even his actions were not good, but his intentions were there, right? He was trying to save people, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Right. So what I would like to see is some 
how, and maybe they'll do this when Maggie comes back. Maybe something can happen between him and Maggie that will make the, everybody what? feel a little bit better. No, 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 not oh, that. Oh, not the thing that I said not that. that was outrageous. Not, not <laughs> No, not the outrageous thing, but just some sort of interaction. I don't right. know. You know, a genuine heartfelt apology, some sort of grand gesture. I don't know. I, I don't know. But maybe some sort of interaction between Negan and Maggie can help me, at least as a Glenn fan, start to see Negan as an ally rather than someone I need to keep a side eye on. Yeah. Well, actually, so while you were talking about that, I was actually thinking about something uh, that you kind of said, Kirsten, which is like, it goes back to kind of Virgil being held up by Michonne's knife, like just at the end and kind of, you know, and then Virgil's kind of pleading for his life. I, I wanted to, you know, take you out first so that, you know, you could prevent them from killing me. And, you know, it was just all messed up and I was going to let you go. And, and, and saying how he didn't know what to do. And the knife set his throat and Michonne's like, just like desperate to plunge. And then she gives her whole mercy speech. And then I was just thinking to myself, oh my God, this is just another thing that we need to be prepped for when it comes to how we see Negan. We also, though, you we've know? kind of seen, yeah, and we've also seen that kind of play out, though, already with um, with Maggie and Negan, right? right? Because she went down to his cell to go and kill him, and that's also kind of like a scene that they took from later in the comics mm-hmm. to, to bring to life earlier on the show, because I, they weren't sure if Warren Cohen was probably going to come back at the time, right. and um, they, she, I think that she says, I'm just paraphrasing, but she was like, nah, I already see that, like, you're rotting away and this is like better for me yeah. like it's not gonna give right. me peace basically if i kill you right now so that's that's another ongoing theme like the the mercy my mercy prevails over my wrath that's like right. the giant theme ever since you know the end of season eight right mm-hmm. and we haven't seen much yeah. of that since like the beginning of season nine we we see bits of it with mary a little bit kind of with aaron as a ref- as kind of like this weird shadow of rick but yeah i haven't yeah. seen any which is good because then when it finally comes back to us we kind of mm-hmm. you know our hearts start tearing up and we see we see Michonne. I mean, you see, I, like, and I was telling you this, Kirsten, before. I was like, you see, like, Kevin T. Carroll taking that acting choice and just grabbing onto Michelle's Michonne's arm, like, you know, the gently grabbing on, saying, "I don't know what to do here. I'm pleading for my life here." And it was just this when he does that, and it lingers there on his hand, on her arm for just a sec. I just, I just suddenly just like whoosh, just like a wave of like sorrow just felt flew over me. I'm like, oh, we're here again. They're like, may my mercy prevail over my wrath. And, and she's staring him down and she's doing the calculus. She's doing the math. She's like, we've been here before. Rick's been here before. Uh, a bunch of us have been here before. And what did we decide to do? Why did we decide to do it? What was this all for? You know, oh, wait, I did. I had, there's a charter. What's what's the highest punishment in the charter? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Like, and it's like, it's like everything comes back and it goes back to what I was saying before. Like, um, if I'm, you know, if I ever, well, no, because she doesn't know that Rick's alive yet. But, um, <laughs> but this idea of like, you know, what is it for? You know, what what's the lesson here? If I went through all this shit to realize like it could have gone a completely different way um, had I made a different decision to not help somebody to not exercise mercy when I could have you know I've been through so much shit and so I, I mean and now we go back to Negan we're asking the question of what happens to him and I feel like everything is pointing to us and it repeats like ways that we can see Negan a little differently like in spite of what he's done and what Virgil's done what a bunch of people have done good reminder like the whole the whole 
satellite station list, uh, satellite station massacre, all the things that the group has done that have been quite unsavory, you know, if looked into a different, uh, via a different angle. And so, yeah, yeah I think they're going to keep him around. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, here's my thing with Negan, because this is the conversation that I wind up, it always winds up coming back to. I think that they never should have adapted the fact that he had a harem full of women in the yeah. comic. And I think that's what makes it so difficult for so many people. That is the thing that I constantly hear. They're like, but he, but he rapes those women. And I'm like, yeah, we probably, yeah. like, they probably never should have adapted. Like, what a weird thing to work around on the show. And it's something that I constantly, like, anytime that we talk about the Negan Redemption arc and I'm talking to someone on the phone about it, I, I mean, I have to bring it up. And I'm like, well, what about this? Are we saying that's okay? Like, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Oh, you know what it is? It wouldn't have been so bad. It really wouldn't have if it had only been like two plus years into the apocalypse. That's that's the only thing that bugs me because if it was like eight years and it wasn't, mm-hmm. you could because the whole the whole idea of Negan was supposed to be like you said saving people and then like Carl goes, hey buddy, when did this get away from you? Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and 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 then we see Negan go, Alpha, hey, when did this get away from you? Because you're talking a bunch of shit that is absolutely wrong, and so he's trying to give her that speech because I think he had feelings for her, but that's a whole other conversation. But it, it's the idea of when did this get away from you? And so if it had been a little bit longer than two plus years, I could say, okay, there's a progression here. He's going down a path where he feels like, okay, this is what it takes. This is what it takes. This is what it's taking from me, this venture. And so you give a piece of your soul. So of course it makes you comfortable doing other bad things, you know, other less savory things. And so you mm-hmm. reach this path. Two years seems a l- way soon, <laughs> especially like when you lose your wife, I think right on the line when things are going down. Right. So, yeah. which I think, didn't he say to Gabriel that he wasn't faithful to her also? I can't oh, remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He cheated on his wife. I mean, you have that. And then I think that you just also have, it's so weird because Negan had his own definite, like Negan was very clear on how he did not like other rules. men abusing. Yeah. Right. He had his rules where he was like, this is not an okay thing. <laughs> and that was why he killed the guy who like was about to go after Sasha. Right. But right. then, Dave. but then, yeah, yes. But then it was Another like, Dave. hi. Sorry. It's like, hi, don't you realize you're doing the same thing? And like, he couldn't, he didn't realize that. I think he rationalized it because yes. he was being forceful because it, he didn't physically grab them and hold them down. Instead of it, it, it was a mental force because he mm-hmm. was holding that It was a fear over. tactic. Yeah. Exactly. Look at Sherry and um, not Austin, Dwight. Um, yeah. You know, Sherry was his wife and that was why her husband was allowed to live. And he made and so, him divorce her. Exactly. Yeah, and divorce this, her. And they got right. married because they were called wives. His wives. Exactly. So in his mind, see, he, he rationalized all this because he wasn't being physically forceful. Mm-hmm. He didn't see a problem with it. Obviously, it's wrong. We all see what's wrong with that yeah. situation. But he, he didn't. He, what he didn't want was, you know, his guys being rough with, with the women. Right, right. I mean, what good Which, would it be for? Yeah. How do, you, <laughs> how do you draw that line? Wrong is wrong. I think all signs are pointing. And maybe this next episode, depending on the way it plays out with Daryl and Negan and tying him up and, I don't know, taking him in, I guess, because we don't see really anything after that. There, there could be things that the good guys do to him that 
don't feel right considering the outcome. So I guess and Carol not being in the picture anymore. So I do want to I do want to wrap up the rest of the sneak peeks because talking about keeping somebody around, we've got Beta hold you know in another frame holding Alpha's. I don't even know if it's active uh, Walker head. He's like cuddling up to her, like meeting of the minds kind of thing. And I'm like, oh shit, this this is not going to turn out well at all, at all, at all. Um, and uh, Eugene's telling the group what he plans on doing, um, meeting Stephanie. That's that semi-iconic, you know, highway scene leading mm-hmm. towards obviously south, southbound, West Virginia. Uh, yeah, it's southbound because they're in Virginia, Virginia now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But kind of like the scene the of Rick riding to Atlanta sort of looks like that. So there's a little bit of a parallel there. I mean, your world's about to get a whole lot bigger. No. Where are they heading, Dave? Where are they heading south of the what? The Kanawha River, <laughs> Char- yeah. Charleston Rail Station. Was it? <laughs> Am I right? Something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Burn into my head right now. And we know that um we know that Ezekiel's going to join him for two reasons. We see him in a frame with him with in Yumiko. You see Jerry and him hug as if it was going to be their last time. And I do feel like he's going with her out of kind of almost a little, you know, rightfully so self-interest because maybe they have the simple treatment for his cancer, maybe. And we'll mm. he'll be around a little longer than we thought. Mm. So there's that. That'd be awesome. Um and this is just me spitballing right now, mm-hmm. talking complete shit right now. So so one more thing, as we see Beta hold Alpha's head and we see in just in a couple of other frames, he's in this like area that looks kind of like Humbug's Gulch. I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw sneak peeks. I didn't watch mm-hmm. this one. It looks like a cross between know. like a main street kind of area, but like the, the house that he's at, he's like this balcony, which almost looks like a one of those riverboat balconies, like or like these saloon, mm. like New Orleans style balconies, the way the house is kind of mm-hmm. looking. And he's like, ah, my walker friends, you know, he's gathering his from the balcony up there he's going yes Ooh. yes and so i got some of those humbug gulch vibes along with beta God and damn it. you're like oh yeah it's they're, like, gonna oh, kill, they're gonna kill him aren't they well he's, he sewed the piece of that you know back together so yeah <laughs> i hope that we get more jdm and ryan her scenes and i would love to see norman in a scene like i'd love to see all three of them together just because they're such good friends off the show they're gonna oh. kill him and i'm gonna cry <laughs> so hard again yeah first of all what do you think about all of these sneak peeks like what do you think is happening here i think that he obviously wants to probably go after negan that's what i would think oh, i negan think that he himself. would want revenge the, the the moment he wanted to kill negan from like the moment that he was like why are we even yeah. letting this guy join our group mm. right i see him just on a direct path but in my mind i i feel like just knowing knowing things uh, about the season that were like previously announced i know that we're like waiting to see some other things like I, I imagine princess has to show up at some point i don't That's know right. when and I, maggie but um we know that and and maggie hopefully at some point right so i don't even know if we're going to see that like i don't know if they were waiting to show some of them in the in the finale or i don't know if we're going to see some people in these next two episodes um i would love to see a, a negan aaron scene after their last you know moment where aaron was like ready to kill negan basically and i would love to see them and and there's a reason why I'd love to see that because I think 
think back to the comics of how Beta died in the comics, and it was, I believe, Aaron and Jesus, and um, they kind of like teamed up a little bit. And well, we don't have Jesus anymore, so could we, we sure see Aaron? Aaron. And, could we see Aaron and Negan team up? I don't know. I'm kind of, I kind of, I kind of want Aaron to take him out on his own. I feel like Aaron needs a win after all of that. Like I'm Aaron sure Aaron is so angry. Yes, he is. So, I have such a hard time seeing Aaron as like threatening, though. Like the more mad he gets, I'm like, look at each other. He's just so cute. He's like a little. <laughs> Like a little pit bull puppy growling at you. Like, he's trying to be so tough, but he's just not scary. <laughs> like, look at me and my new hands. No. Yeah. Like, oh, look at your cute little spiky ball. Oh, I'm sure that's what Negan thinks every time he sees him. <laughs> you look so cute right. with your little your little beard and your little your little mace. Right. Well, even that scene, right? Like, I'm picturing, I'm picturing Aaron's face, like, in that scene, like, getting so angry at Negan and, like, marching towards him. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> it is a little, a little over so the top. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm buying it though. I mean, he's got like think about nar- narratively. Like he's got a daughter. He's doing the best he can. He lost his fucking arm, <laughs> like, right? He's, and he's doing the best he can. So I mean, if if you want to go like Shadow Rick on this one, and there's part of me that thinks, okay, like I think with Jesus's sword, so he's technically teaming up with Jesus and his mace. Our powers combined. Poof. <laughs> you know, I'll unmask Beta with the sword and I'll punch him in the face with my mace. So <laughs> that's why do it rhymes think, with mace. Do you think Aaron would recognize then who, if he unmasks him, it, would he recognize who Beta is? Because we still have yet to really fully discuss that, even though it's kind of out there. I feel like who, who Beta hey, is. You know what? Didn't we see a scene with Aaron? And I don't know who he's talking to. Was it his daughter talking about how his brother liked country music or something? Oh, wow. That's a very specific... I, I would have to go back and check that. It's but only because you I, asked that question. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, I, thought was... you, I thought you were going to bring up something else, which is, um, I think it's one of Jesus's final episodes where he's... Do you remember when he's listening to records at the hilltop? And I believe I believe that the record he's listening to is supposed to be... Oh, Magna. Um, Magna was is, listening. Oh, was it Magna yeah. listening? Yeah. yeah. Was the, believe, he was, oh, He was singing Emily Kenny's song. But now I'm wondering... If, if if now Jesus is listening to an album that Ryan Hurst and they planted that way yeah. advanced. Yeah. No, I have to go back <laughs> and check I because I thought that they, yeah, I thought that they were using like a combination of Emily Kinney's music with something else. I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh, that was the, that no, was the Magna I, episode. Yeah. But, right. I mean, seeds planted, but like when, when he's talking to his daughter about his brother liking a certain music or it could be mm. country. I don't know, mm. but oh my God. Like mm. what, what if Beta is his brother? Only- no, I don't know. No. That, that, would, that would fuck me up. Because you don't no. see his brother die. I don't, like, I don't think that he... I think he said he collected them for his brother at first, thinking he might be alive. Maybe that's why... And I think that was the impetus for him finding people in the hopes to find his brother. But like... And then it just ended up being his thing. I can't remember the exact reason why uh. he was collecting license plates and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Because that does come back again. But mm, could be something to it. Maybe he mentioned the artist and we didn't know. even know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Bait is representing. I don't know. That would be a head trip, though. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Well, the all-important question, I think, is really, obviously, yes. But I want to frame it in a way that makes you think a little bit. Because is Michonne going to make her way into the movies? It's hard to say. How? I feel like it has to be. I mean, it has to I, be. Here's, here's what I think. And here's, I think she, what I've, here's what I've heard. Because I I think I think Brandon's thrown it out there into the world. But because <laughs> I saw it on one of his colleagues' like videos recently. So I think it's fair for me to say, then, if it's already out there. I think it is already. <laughs> out there maybe yeah, from think, talking dead too like yeah her 
journey's not over or something. Right. But I think the plan, the plan is for her to be in one of these movies. But then I saw EW like asked Denai about this. And Denai mm-hmm. was like, oh, really? What have you heard from Scott Kimple? Like basically saying, I haven't heard anything, but it, but they want me to be, right? Which I think is kind of funny. So I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like they have these plans for her, but I don't know if she's on board for them yet. Yeah. Somebody might want to tell her that they have plans. <laughs> Right. That's, that's what I'm, that, and that's why I was kind of saying like I don't know guys it, this is it's it's almost as if she can't say no but it really does depend on how certain properties perform in mm-hmm. the next several months so Dang. which I've I mean I'm I, I based on okay so I, like name dropping both you yeah but uh Sarah Beth Pollock was telling me how much she likes what she's seen with uh, the Walking Dead World Beyond um, when she went there she was telling us all about how it's going to unfold or somewhat and like qu- quoting uh, it's darker than you could ever imagine like the series I, is darker than you could, you would expect it I, to be I haven't watched the pilot yet I have the pilot but I'm just I'm just gonna say I haven't heard as positive things about it so and oh I that's think, interesting and I think that's why it's a limited two season series so oh I see I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at this World Beyond series as something to connect one thing to another like a bridge mm-hmm. maybe fill yeah. in some yeah maybe to fill in some um give us some answers for questions that we've had mm-hmm. you know fill in some gaps like i th- to me this whole limited series is just a filler for everything else going on mm-hmm. and i'm fine with that i'm totally fine with that i definitely want it to be something more though like i i, I, I think that's the only purpose it's going to serve that's just <laughs> how i feel i think that it's just something it's filler for before the film because they don't yep. have you know because it's not here <laughs> <laughs> Instead of having a six-hour movie, we're going to give you a limited series and then just give you the last hour, hour and a half, you know, hour and a half, two hours of a movie. <laughs> so far, I've liked the way they've trailed, they've teased this new series. Personally, I know who's working on it. So, I mean, Matt Negretti did the episode with Connie um, saving the baby in the uh, sorghum fields at Hilltop. He did that episode, mm-hmm. and then when you hear about him, and I want to say that shortly after we found out that he that he was going to be doing. Walking Dead World Beyond, TWD3 hashtag. And so, like, you see that episode, how much it made your heart pound, you know, to see, to not hear anything the way Connie doesn't hear things. Like, those choices, those were his choices, you know, mostly his choices. I mean, if that's any indicator of the kind of series that we're going to see, I mean, I think I'm I'm kind of psyched. I like the way they've been introducing color into it, too, like, in a sense, because the, the further down we go along the series, kind of like what you were saying about how they depicted that season two, or season two scene, it, it was darker it was more you know less detailed um and and you see this in fear of the walking dead and you see you know how the the color grading keeps going down and down or you know if it's past scenes it goes up and up and but it's like this almost singular palette warm or cold it's not mm-hmm. not something in between yeah, and so when you see a series that potentially is popping full of color because there's modernity there's like this confrontation with modernity and then also confrontation with fantasy like what they imagine it could be out there and so maybe that's their perspective walking into the apocalypse there's like they don't know what to expect so everything's bright and vibrant and detailed you know not like beaten down these people have not had to deal with that so everything they're looking at is fan- fantastic mm-hmm. and so I think that plays into cinematography yeah I think that's part of the reason that I thought this series was going to be so much farther into the future than what it actually is right because it's so colorful and bright and like to me that makes me feel like we're like years and years and years into the future where you know vegetation has started to regrow and come over thing and not just like you know swampy things but like you know leaves and flowers and things are sprouting from these things like yeah the idea that there were colorful things in the world made me feel like we were
for, you know, at least, at least 15 10 years in the future, 20 years. Well, well, no, we are 10 years in. I'm I saying know, like 15 to 20 from the, be- from the beginning. I was you just know? kidding. Yeah. Which is what I originally oh. said until New York Comic Con said, eh, no, idiot. Right. <laughs> so. I, yeah, no, I like our, I, I, I like our idea better, Dave. We're, I know. We I got know. this. But the more I th- <laughs> the more I think about it, though, like the more it actually even kind of makes sense if you just throw that away. Because like, what? And I only say this because I'm not. My eye is not off the ball. Okay. <laughs> everything that Althea, everything that um um Isabel says to Althea, like I'm not keeping my eye off of that. So when I look at the Walking Dead World Beyond, I look at how this community now operates, but knowing the other side of it. Because like, imagine their community. It's not just walls that they're behind. It's got to be walls upon walls upon walls, like geographically, topographically, whatever it is. So whatever these kids are going into, they're facing those obstacles on the way out of whatever community they're in. And so I'm thinking whatever's protecting these insular communities, you know, that's, you know, there's there's a lot of, and so you'd see these this vegetation, these walkers that have been grown over over time. So they're untouched. Like there's nothing there to disturb them, really, essentially. So it's plausible. Like there's, there's something going on there, especially with that first scene that they're teasing with the, the airplane crash in the past, you know, and that the first few see mm. the first few photos that were teaser photos that we're seeing out of Virginia, I think it was like with the fuselage and all that. <laughs> so something must have happened there and they cordoned off. But the one thing that I kind of want to touch upon that Isabel says, or that well, well, rather Althea says is how things went down. The military, sorry, the National Guard and the military batting heads. So that's the thing that I kind of want to pay attention to to see if they follow that continuity and how that plays into these communities. Mm-hmm. Like who won? Or did they come to an agreement to share power? Or, yeah. you know, I'm I'm ever since that narrative is, is we kind of got a touch of that at the beginning of Fear of the Walking Dead, but it comes full circle with Althea. And so... Well, yeah, that was a huge moment, you know, in Althea's tapes when she says, you know, oh, you know, there's a moment of hope. Oh, good. The, you know, the cavalry's here. Oh, wait, now they're shooting at each other. Oh, shit. That's, that's a terrifying moment when you think the people who are going to save you now all of a sudden they're attacking each other. Now you really, I mean, you are really on your own. And only Althea knows the truth. And us. Yeah. So, <laughs> right, because we get to you know be at home safe on our couches, just watching it all. Mm-hmm. Safe, <laughs> safe. Yeah, there was one thing. Every time I hear a new word for walkers, we hear Virgil refer to them as rippers. This episode. yes, mm-hmm. good, good point, good call. I like that. Um, I have a thing too, and it's it's also a small thing. Just constant lost references, but where yeah. they will ultimately end up is at Oceanside, I think, because I think they were on their way inland. They're not with Michonne. It sounds like they were on their way to Oceanside. I think so. Maybe that? the three others. Oh, okay. On the island. Oh, interesting. So oh, you may, think so? We may see them again. You think we're gonna see them? Okay. Well, the one guy, Celeste. the one guy's a pretty famous actor. I recognize the the dude. Yeah, he looked familiar. He's a, yeah, he's he was is what I would consider a well known. So we might see him again. Yeah, Celeste is the only one that has a name, and I think that was the middle for the, the scientist. Uh, the Lucy. One of them was the other one was Lucy. Oh, okay. Oh, Lucy's the the other woman. Janitor, I have, well, she she was joking. She wasn't really the janitor. She was. Was she not? I didn't yeah. really get that. Okay. No, was she was. Too she was I couldn't make, pay attention. She was making a joke, and then Celeste swatted her and went. I see. She assists us. Yes. <laughs> 
but I didn't catch the the guy's name. There is one other thing that I that I noted that we didn't touch upon, mm. um, and this goes back to the first episode of The Walking Dead, and I just thought this was a funny. This was something that made me kind of like laugh a little bit because um, Michonne tells Judith that she'll try to reach out to her every morning on her walkie-talkie, oh, like that she'll try her one. every oh, morning on yeah. this walkie as long as I can. And I was like, oh, oh have we heard that before? Oh, when Rick gave Morgan the walkie-talkie and he yep. said, oh, I'll try you, you know, I'll turn this on every few, uh, on for a few minutes every day at dawn. And then Rick kind of like forgot. So for, <laughs> me, some point. Yeah. for me, the joke yeah. was like, well, I hope Michonne, you know, is truer to her word than Rick was to Morgan. <laughs> Right. Because right, oh, she was trying to reach out to her in the middle of all the shit at Hilltop. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's not yeah. happening. There is another thing that you mentioned that I should that we were, I was going to give you credit for, but was the uh, the sign that's in the infirmary that they raid to try to get to his family to get to his family. What what's behind Virgil? Is it, it's a sign that's pertinent to our time. It said "Stop the spread." Although that was for gonorrhea, and I think. <laughs> <it's gonorrhea>. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, stop the spread. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm not saying I have it. I'm just saying it's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I think that was one of the official photos that they actually had released for for 1013. You could see it in the background. Oh, the promo photos? Yeah, it was one of the promo photos. You can see the poster. And I was like, oh, okay. That's like when, okay, that's when um, Chernobyl came out and, oh, okay, yeah, it was Fear the Walking Dead. Like, did they know that Chernobyl was coming out around the same time it was going to air? The the because Fear of the Walking Dead season five has a radio reactor that's going oh, right. to explode. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's like, oh, did they know, know we were going to go into a pandemic mm. seven months ago, <laughs> six months ago, <laughs> or eight months ago in the writers' room? I think that they definitely would have had the finale finished uh, if they knew that we were going to go into a pandemic, or maybe not because they want to hold it for later. Who knows? I, know. <laughs> I think we're calling time of death three hours uh, technically. So really. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, so first of all, thank you both, Kirsten, Rachel, for joining me, David Cameo, on this ride. If you like what you heard, people, leave a like and comment and uh, subscribe to our content. Uh, we do it every week because we love you and we love the show and we love to break it down. And if it pleases you, uh, rate this podcast on ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Give us five stars and an eggplant and we will love you forever. Yes, just an eggplant. I am so thrilled to have had you, Kirsten. I really appreciate you coming aboard for not only the insights that you provided that night but some of the insights that we would have never figured out on our own or at least confirmed on our own in any case we've been squawking dead have a good night folks thank you and we'll see you soon bye, bye. <laughs>